everyone, welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad, and I am joined by Alex. Alex, say hello. Hello. For those of you who don't know us by now, Alex is a connoisseur of various Nicol Bolas NFTs. He actually owns <laughs> 17 different NFTs with Nicol Bolas on them. There are three no, of Brad, them, though, we can't Brad, talk about I don't, because they I don't actually... I don't own any of them. It's an NFT. Ah. It's just like, if you just go like over to the blockchain and you just check like on the bottom, there's like this random line here that says like, yeah, Alex was here. That's basically what it says. And I, I, I don't even own the writing. I own the, the space, the right to be in the space where that's written down. I'm gonna buy Even though you, it doesn't exist. I'm going to buy you a nickel balls body pillow. I mean, I would actually own that. So, hey, that's it's an improvement. Yeah. Ooh, you should write a nickel. No. Okay, so. No, <laughs> no, we're not going to. I don't. I have a suspicion where that was going, and we are not going there. No, okay, so do you know the um, uh, <laughs> the guy on Twitter where it's, uh, it used to be serving sucks, but selling cards sucks? The, the, well, the big guy like that uh, that sells cards and shit he used to be a, a waiter, and he always put stories about that. Whatever. Um. Anyway, he every time he talks about like getting like sent like a uh, a spoiler or they try to send a spoiler, and he's like, "I'm the guy who wrote incest fan fiction about Nickel Bowles and Ugin. You guys keep forgetting that, and you need to stop sending me shit." And it's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Every single spoiler season, he receives something or like they try to be like, "Hey, we have a spoiler for you." He's like, "You should you should check the blacklist. I'm pretty sure I'm on there." <laughs> So. Oh my god! Maybe I can see if he can send me over the uh, the fanfic, and I can send it to you, Alex, for your, <laughs> your no, enjoyment no, I no, all things Nickel Bolas. Um, there, there's a there's a limit even for me. Uh, well, body pillow it is. We'll do that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. That's but I draw the line at that fanfic. But speaking of things that you can't really own, or at least no one owns officially yet, or at least legally, we have a really great amount of leaks so far with Kamigawa. Though, I swear to God, they're trolling us with these image qualities. <laughs> In the year 2022, our Lord, okay? Or of our Lord. Fuck you. Side note, um, isn't it kind of funny that we as a species just all agree on this being the year 2022? Well, I mean, we don't, though. Like, the Chinese have their own calendar. Yeah, but, like... Isn't the Arabic calendar different, too? They use, like, 13 months, which okay. makes more sense. But, but let's think about it this way, okay? If you're conducting a business meeting as a person of one of the, from one of these countries with anyone else in the world, what, what, what date are you putting down on the, on the paper? I don't know, probably ours. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, think, I think the Christians won. I mean, sure, we get to put our date on boring business meetings. <laughs> Congratulations! We did it. This is what Jesus died for. <laughs> so we can we can flex on everyone that he was here. <laughs> last Supper, just famous last word, like, please day base every date on me. And then Oh, I want the Last Supper as an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> It would da be Vinci like randomly in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> it would
would just be like those NFT monkeys at the table, and depending on what your number on the NFT is, it's a different set of monkeys. I want the Judas uh, NFT monkey. That's probably the coolest looking one. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! Ooh, we can even get an NFT of Paul as he's crucified upside down, because that's why you have Brad. The Brad. Down. Again, we're gonna draw the line here. We're a magic podcast. Okay, fine. We just derailed like in the most spectacular way in like four minutes. We did, to be fair, we did talk about NFTs for like 30 minutes to be before honest, we started did, did, the recording. Did we even start on the rails? Like, no. that's that's a different question. No, we didn't. You did the intro. I did like, do the intro. You I'm know, really, that's more really like good at that. when the train's about to take off and you hear like all the whistles and stuff and the doors close and then you realize the train isn't even on the tracks. Like the trolley. So maybe. it's like destination Kamigawa spoilers, and it just it just never gets there. Oh yeah, it's literally the trolley thing where it's like uh, like the people tie on the tracks, and then you have to like change the thing. Except it's me <laughs> controlling the switchboard or the switch for the tracks, and the people on the tracks are labeled magic discussion, and then the other side of the tracks is NFT and Nickel Bolas Rule Thirty Four. <laughs> And I'm I'm just slamming down that chain. I'm just <laughs> yeah, let's go. You're just trying to figure out if there's a way to hit both. Probably. <laughs> but while we try to hit both eventually, let's talk about these potato quality thingies, spoilers, leaks, whatever. Um, and like again, it's 2022, and. I don't know about you. I'm assuming your your phone has a pretty solid, decent camera on it. We have these literal computers in our pockets at all times. And these people are just like, okay, look. And the pictures seem like they're in a house, like they're on like a desk or something. And that well, would be I the mean, opportunity to take your time with the picture. Now, isn't this more like you just like spot one at a table further up and as you walk by, you just snap a picture, which at that point just stand still and take the picture like people will notice if you whip out your phone and randomly photograph something Ooh, maybe like, they're just like recording like a snapchat video and they're saving the video and they're just taking screen grabs of like the recordings as they're walking by that's probably most plausible actually damn you figured it out we did it okay so nfts we don't even want to talk about this magic thing anymore we can go right back to the nft discussion nope um Aww. so uh, December 16th, we got a couple of spoilers. S- spoilers slash... Um, they're leaks. leaks? They're, they're not really spoilers. Because, I mean, people have these cards for... And look, I understand uh, content creators always... There are people that get really touchy about the leaks and stuff. And, um, like, you know, these are these are cards that someone has as their spoiler that they're getting... Got from Wizards. You and I have not been great... Uh, graced with the you know the touch of god by wizards and be like here's a spoiler here's a here's a thing you can give out you already know if we ever get one it'll be part of the leak anyway oh, like i'm just i'm <laughs> just fully <laughs> so, embracing that what do we, what do we do then like we, we go over leaks like normal like we're just gonna skip that one for no obvious reason <laughs> <laughs> don't even acknowledge it just, just move <laughs> along so uh, we won't talk yeah. about the first card then no um, so let's go in order we find them on Mythic Spoiler as we always do uh, I am unsure if we actually talked about the December 16th spoilers but that was over a month ago anyway and it's only a few cards so um, 
the first one we got is Kyodai, Soul of Kamigawa. Uh, three and a white for a legendary creature, Dragon Spirit, Flash Flying. When Kyodai, Soul of Kamigawa enters the battlefield, another target permanent gains indestructible for as long as you control Kyoda. And then you can pay Wooberg and give Kyoda plus five plus five until end of turn. Oh, it's target permanent? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, this is definitely going to my Mono White Legends. Why? What are you giving deck? Indestructible here? Land, probably. It's another, another thing to help out with the book lock. Like, uh, I mean, you need to be controlling this card, though. And I got to kill it for it's the same thing as the one other. Uh, what's the two drop I run? The flying flying boy. So you can't make. target lands. Yeah, which is two mana dude who's actually like decent rate. This is a four mana three three flying. Yes, but it, you didn't read the other part. You could pump it. It's yeah, five, by paying Wooberg. Hey, <laughs> actually, you, you running... put cascading cataracts in the deck for yeah. go loss anyway. So, exactly. You know... It works. This card's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably cool. In uh... Especially because some of the other ones are actually like <clears throat> legendary dragons. We've seen three, I think. Actually, yeah. pretty decent. It's just this one that's really exceptionally bad. Actually, this shouldn't be the white one, right? Because it has a Wooberg activated cost. Oh, that so means there has be to be a... an actual mono white one. Oh, Alex, this is another stupid fucking commander that can that can be like Golos in a five color commander. Yeah, but Fuck. except it's absolutely fucking horrible. So no one's even gonna run it in that. If you're playing five color dragons, if you're not playing like the Ur Dragon or Scion of the Ur Dragon, you're doing something wrong anyway. Or Timiat. What? Oh, Timiat. Yeah, Timiat. Yeah, whatever his name is. Her. Um, her. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, I think okay, she. Look. I think her name is the Queen of Dragons. So I assume. I, I mean, whenever I see a dragon, I just assume assume male. It's just I don't know. Probably shouldn't. But did you just assume the dragon's gender, Brad? I did actually. You're right. Terrible. Maybe it's because I'm exposed to like Nikki B all the time because of you. I'm now we're like, now we're canceled, Brad. Come on. Fuck. <laughs> All right, well, that, that means we can go back to the NFT talk because there's no, no. reason. <laughs> okay, the next card, and I actually... Okay, very early take, but it's 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 probably the most lukewarm take of all time. This land cycle is definitely going to be like top five cards in this set. This land cycle is definitely going to be like $15 a piece. Yeah, I, I hate it, but there's one thing about it that's kind of okay. Um, So, Legendary Land... Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, these pronunciations are going to be a treat this season. I, I am going to probably watch every MTG Goldfish spoiler video five times just for this. Mm. Um, Takenuma, Abandoned Mire. Legendary land, which just taps for a black, untapped, taps for a black, and it has channel. And channel means three in a black, in this case, three in a back. Discard uh, Takenuma, and then you get an effect. So it's Kind of like Cycle, really. Cycle, but it does something a little different. Yeah. And this one does. Mill three cards, then return a creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard to your hand. This ability costs one less to activate for each legendary creature you control. So this is going to be a whole cycle. We've also seen the white one. We'll talk about that in a moment. Where they have some activated effects. So if you draw them in multiples, you can basically use them as spells. But they are cheaper depending on how many legendary creatures you have. Mm -hmm. kind of surprised that this doesn't work with planeswalkers 
Um, because this even returns Planeswalkers, and there are, like, notable characters are Planeswalkers in the set. So that's a little surprising to me. But it'd be too wordy, I think, to say legendary creatures and or and Planeswalkers, I feel like. I could just say, legend. I mean, legendary creature or Planeswalker adds two words. To Sorry. a card Sorry. that otherwise has, like, 30. Yeah. I mean, I, I just would be jealous, or not jealous, but, like, greedy and be like, just give me legendary permanence I control. I mean, Make it really good. I mean, that would be really good with the other lands. <clears throat> ah. Got a, got a popper situation with the affinity lands. Yeah. Um, but anyway, these are untapped lands that tap for a color, which have... I'm going to assume most of the channel effects are going to be pretty decent. I think this one's pretty good. The white one's pretty good. Um, so given how quote-unquote free these are, I feel like kind of similar to the original like untapped lands to tap for one color from Kamigawa, they're probably going to be really expensive because they are going to go in basically every deck. Mm -hmm. Like, unless your deck, unless you're playing like a mono black deck that literally doesn't have any creatures or planeswalkers in it, I cannot imagine this card doesn't go in basically every deck, at least as a one-off. Mm -hmm. And for Commander, it's... You run a five-color deck, you're running all five. But it doesn't matter what they do. It's Commander, it'll come up sometimes, and otherwise it's a land. So thank the Lord these are rares. I mean, they should have probably been uncommons, but... Greedy. But I, I'm very happy they didn't make these Mythics. I think if these were Mythics, you're looking at $30, $40, $50 cards. Oh, and yeah. now, now I'll say in... You know, I don't like to do the MTG finance thing. If you see these in pre-order for under 10 and you are genuinely interested in buying a couple, get them. Like, they're probably never going to be under 10. If you ever see them under 10, that is the last time you'll see them under 10. And once this rotates out of standard, a couple years later, these are going to be like 30. Because keep in mind, some of the ones from original Kamigawa are expensive, and they're pretty shit. And especially this one, this is really good in EDH. And, more relevantly, it's also just really good in Pioneer. Like, think of the decks you can run this in. You can run this in Vampires. Uh, this is a good card to put in a Demir Control deck to an extent. Mono Black Aggro. Uh, Food might want this. Uh, dredgeless dredge. I mean, it's it's a land that you can dredge that you can mill yourself with if you feel like it, and then buy back like your Stitcher supplier. So this is like a slam dunk in a deck like that. I can't wait to see what the other ones do. Yeah, I'm I'm I am pretty sure, but hoping. I hope the blue one just says like draw two cards, so it's like super cycling. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah, the man, you can play. Gonna, you oh, can play like a yeah. thirty land deck. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be a thirty land deck, and you just never flood. She will always have something to do with it. Yeah, the, I can see what the blue one like would just draw cards, or whatever. Um, and but it can't draw one. <laughs> that would literally yeah, be cycling. It, they just they'll just make it cost like six and a blue. Draw three. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that people white could one. finally stop putting Seagate Restoration in their deck. I don't know why they would. Bad card. 
Uh, yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll quickly skip ahead and just do the white one, because we're already on the subject of these lands. Um, this one is Iganyu? Iganyu? Please someone help me with these pronunciations. Seat of the Empire. Legendary land, taps for white, comes in untapped. Channel. Two and a white, discard it. It does four damage to target attacking or blocking creature. This ability goes one less to activate for each legendary creature you control. This is usually a two mana card. Like, this mm -hmm. is Gideon's Reproach, right? Yeah. So now it's one mana more, unless you have a legendary, and it's actually less. Uh, hilarious thing with Thalia is that you don't tax yourself with this because it's an activated ability. Um, which is relevant if we're going to talk about the decks in the challenges because we've seen a lot of Thalia in like human decks and stuff now show up. Mm -hmm. um, and otherwise, it's just an untapped land. Again, is there... This one is even interacting with attacking or blocking creatures, which is a super common thing. So how is this not a one-off in every white deck? It literally every white deck. I can even imagine this being like in modern, this shows up in white decks. I mean, this is definitely going to be played in blue-white control. Yeah, but like, why, where wouldn't you play it? Blue-white, yeah. humans. I mean... If you play humans, right, they play Kithian as a one-mana um, one legendary creature. Yeah. You play Kithian on one, like Thalia on, or, or Thalia on two, and on turn three, this costs you one mana. It's one white, four damage to an attacker block creature, which is actually fantastic synergy with Kithian and Thalia, because you could just swing out but Gideon has to survive combat to flip. But you obviously couldn't do it on turn three if you played Thalia, because you're only attacking with two creatures. But you could just swing freely. Something goes to block Kithian. You cycle, basically cycle this for one white. Kill it. Kithian survive combat, and now it flips. Sounds extremely good to me, actually. I wonder what the... <clears throat> I'm trying to guess what the other ones do. Red, I'm confused on what it... <clears throat> what it would do because like this one already deals damage or something so like might just dome your opponent are we gonna get like ramen up ruins and it's just a single red jock I mean it'd probably be like three and a red and it deals two or something and then with Torbrand it's three mana to deal four damage because you also get the legendary would, would that just replace ramen up ruins I mean, oh, no, no, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It's legendary. It, it wouldn't so, work with Torbrand because it's a colorless. Oh stack. yeah, it's not a red source actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but these are legendary. So I think it's something like a low land count deck. I would be very hesitant to run more than one, but I feel like the one is free. Yeah. And that's what makes them so good. I, I'm surprised they even went this like design route because again it's it's so free that I think it's gonna be a little ubiquitous across like decks, formats, that sort of thing. So already calling it that this land cycle will probably be in my top five. It might even be my number one, because the opportunity cost is so low that it's it's kinda like it makes every deck better. It there's almost a point against it because they go in literally every deck. So like what is it like? Uh, what is it saying? Like a rising tide raises all ships, or something? Uh, like if, 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 
if everybody goes up, then nothing is. It's like the Dota design philosophy for anyone who played that. If everything is broken, nothing is. Sounds like modern. True. Now, moving on to uh, our Planeswalker, which this one was spoiled in a very spectacular fashion. Um, if you go to the Kamigawa trailer, you sort of see this guy in this like robot mask or whatever, and he has this sort of like screen that just like explodes in all these shards. And every shard is a small piece of this planeswalker. And some people went through the effort of cutting every bit out and piecing together this planeswalker like a puzzle. And people did it in like five minutes. Not me, dog. <laughs> I just waited. Yeah, we waited like literally 30 minutes after yeah, the Yeah, I, I, I saw that puzzle. I, I, someone pointed out, oh, it's like a puzzle you could make to Planeswalker. It's like, I'll wait for someone to do that for me. <laughs> yep, and they did. Thank you. What does it do, Brad? Uh, so it is uh, Kato Suzuki. Yeah, he is a three-mana Demir Planeswalker, so one and then blue-black. Comes in with three loyalty. Has a static ability. Hey, we're back with statics. Love hey. it. At the beginning of your end step, if Kato Suzuki enter the battlefield under your control, he phases out. So that's pretty cool. So it's basically like a built-in protection for him the first turn he comes in. Um, and then he says, uh, plus one, draw a card, then discard a card unless you attack this turn. So like a uh, charter course, like raid kind of effect. Yeah. Um, minus two, create a 1-1 one, one blue ninja creature token with uh, this creature cannot be blocked. So Nice. Uh, you Ninji get an two. emblem. Yep, you get an emblem. Uh, oh, minus seven. You get an emblem with whenever a creature control deals combat damage to a player. Search your library for a blue or black creature card. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. It's a, that's a pretty spicy. Also, alt. keep in mind that is that is not a once per turn. No. So if you hit with five creatures, you search up five creatures. <laughs> this sounds like the design space for Winota if she came out in alchemy. <laughs> You Can you just seek. imagine? I just love the idea that you go against, let's say you go against this in like a Demir Tempo style deck, which is, you know, kind of what Ninja's going to end up being. Um, And your opponent ults and they swing you and they're like, right, I get five triggers and we're going to find three Siren Storm Tamers and two Slither Blades. <laughs> Ugh. Power. And you still lose the game. Good. As you should. Yeah, if your opponent has five creatures in a mono blue in a Demir Tempo deck. But yeah, I think this card's pretty cool. I, I really like that sort of build-in protection. That's a very cool way to use phasing. Um very in that way. too. Yeah. Um obviously it's not a super powerful card. I don't think this card is super good. But if we have a ninja deck. And it wants to have that sort of like maybe grindier element to it that like, you know, a planeswalker can like provide like very classically, right? That creature decks will sideboard into planeswalkers mm -hmm. in order to deal with control decks better. This is a card that can sort of like either like fill this role with the ability uh, a little bit in the main, running like maybe a couple copies, or it's the type of thing that you could sideboard in. You can have this, this sort of imminent threat and... Uh, because the ultimate is basically you win the game. But at the mm -hmm. same time, you aren't actually diluting your game plan because of the tokens it can make that could still like make that ninjutsu work. Or this token says nothing that you have to ninjutsu it away. You could just slap a curious obsession on it. It's unblockable. 
So then that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I can't think of a home for it. I mean, it's weird. Cause like my first, I was like, cool. Like what if it's like a Demir tempo style deck with like curious obsession and things like that. But then like, you don't really do you want to put a three drop out. in there. <laughs> yeah. And if you do put a three drop, you're putting in like Tempest Gin, right? Where it's it's the big I mean, I guess I would just even even that, I would just in that deck, I would just never tap out again. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. You might have to tap out on turn one to play your evasive one drop that doesn't have flash, and that is literally the last time you'll tap out. So like I know with this, are you gonna wait till like turn turn four, turn five? Your control matchup is already pretty good if you're playing a tempo deck. So, I mean, this is talking from the perspective of uh, of the Pioneer format, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, obviously, for like a more standard ninja style deck, I think this is going to be super cool. I mean, so, maybe we get enough ninjas where it's cool. And like, we have some rogues that have like pseudo ninjutsu on them. So maybe yeah. maybe this can work. This does actually curve quite well into that like thick rogue dude the uh, four drop yeah well he's a five drop but he has four drop yeah essentially for ninjutsu ninjutsu yeah so, like you play this on three you make the token your planeswalker face is out so you're sure not to lose that and then next turn you can attack and then drop that guy in and you can i don't know either draw a card or you can do something else and then maybe that will reanimate a creature that you can use to protect this and or you can play another three drop instead that was also spoiled and give any creature you have ninjutsu yeah i suppose we can uh we could touch on that one real quick just because it kind of i mean everyone's seen these memes right with uh satoru mizawa it is one blue white for a two four legendary creature human ninja Whenever you activate a ninjutsu ability, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. This ability triggers only once each turn. And then the, the real spicy one. Each creature card in your hand has ninjutsu to blue-black. Emrakul's a ninja, baby. Yeah, as everyone's seen to me with like the Naruto headband slapped onto anything, right? Yeah. Ulamog, ninja now. Best one's Blightsteel Colossus. Looks oh. pretty sweet. Now that we're on the topic of ninjutsu, before I forget, there is a video, because I didn't know this, but it actually makes sense. There's a video from Gavin Verhey who talked about, like, cool things you can do with ninjutsu, like rules-wise. And there's a bunch of weird ones, like, for example, you can... Uh, ninjutsu is, like, an activated ability, so let's say you have a card in your hand that says, like, one blue to ninjutsu in. If you attack with five creatures... You can put like that trigger on the stack five times, and even though you've got one ninja in your hand, you can ninjutsu your entire board away, which you can do for whatever reason you want. I don't know, maybe your opponent cast Settle the Wreckage, and you're just like, now I'm just going to delete my whole board. Just put them all back in my hand. Fair. That's pretty cool. But the coolest one is that you can attack with a first strike creature, deal first strike damage, then ninjutsu, and then deal damage in a normal damage step. Huh. which I thought was super cool so it's a pretty sick tip to remember for people that you can actually like double dip on your attacks 
which is going to be especially good if we get something like Ninja of the Deep, Deep Hours, which is obviously a very good... Um, which I mean, we got to get that card, right? It's funny, because I know you said last week um, you, you're you not... A, when we were talking about like our favorite games or whatever, so you're not a fan of like gotcha moments if people don't read something or not. But yeah. like, this is a pretty cool gotcha moment in the sense of like, imagine you attack with a first strike creature and the your opponent knows you're a ninjutsu deck, but they're not familiar with that rule. And then they let damage happen with the first strike and they're like, oh, cool, we're in the clear. And you're like, but wait. But wait. <laughs> um, so that could be cute. Yeah, like I, I think this is like, I mean, I talked about, yeah, not really like a gotcha moment. So like you're going to, Gotcha people with people with this for sure. But I mean that, that's the whole point of ninjutsu, right? Isn't it gotcha.deck? Yeah, exactly. And also like it this is the type of thing that makes magic magic. And mm -hmm. Brad, I already have the best card to do this with. What's that? Master of Cruelties? Yeah. First strike, one damage, set you to one. Ninjutsu something in, you're dead. Like, how cool is that? Also, it's worth noting that it's uh, pretty cool to ninjutsu him in with satora or satoru oh you can ninjitsu him in with satoru do the damage and then ninjitsu in an actual ninja god i'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a stroke <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really sweet though that's actually pretty cool i i was thinking there is this land from yeah and there's uh from strixhaven there's axis tunnel and that is three tap. Target creature with power three or less can't be blocked this turn. And you could just go Master of Cruelties, play it next turn, give it unblockable with this, and that'll leave you like one or two mana, which is easily enough to ninjutsu something. This is terrible, by the way, but it, it's fun that it works. Janky decks are always terrible, but when you get that one game... When, it, when it works. Yeah. When you when you take it to FNM and you get... I mean... My LGS where I play now, because other ones have either like moved or COVID, um, they uh, do actually do that at FNM, where the, the person with like the wackiest, coolest deck gets like one of the prize packs or something. That's cool. I think it's pretty cool. Oh, that makes me think of... Did you see the recent uh, Big Brain Brews episodes, the new series for Goldfish? Um, I just know it for that one that went wrong. Where he played the Moon Mist one, and then he flipped, and then he exiled all his creatures. Well, no, like all, he, he played a bunch of flip walkers from like Origins. Yeah, but that doesn't work with Moon no, Mist. No, it doesn't because they don't <laughs> leave the battlefield and enter again, so they don't come with loyalty when they transform. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like goodbye. <laughs> also, yeah, there's a card that I feel like is pretty harmless to put in the Pioneer. It's that. <laughs> it's a uh, Moon Mist. Yeah, yeah, I want, I want, a, I want a Werewolf's deck in Pioneer. And uh, what is it like, Imberwolf? That means you're. Your werewolves don't flip back. I'm pretty cool. Yeah. But um, moving on to more Kamigawa stuff. At least, do you have like... Actually, we talked about Master of Cruelties. What is your like the first thing you want an ninjutsu in with? What's the first card you were thinking of? Honestly, I think I, I was thinking of Master of Cruelties just because I'm like, cool, get them in. Um, like, I, I, There's that, that many like win the game type of stuff. Obviously, yeah, we you, don't have Blightsteel. No, like but we have Ulamog, so that's a cool one. That's a really cool one. I also saw people do it with, um, there's a card from Theros, and it says when it does damage to someone, 
you take an extra turn. But it can't attack during that turn, but you can ninjutsu it in during that turn. And then you could do it together with creatures that say, like, when they enter the battlefield, bounce another creature. And then you could just loop it that way, which I thought was pretty cool. I think that was Tomer from Goldfish, who I saw that one from. So anyway, there's cool stuff to do with this deck. On top that this is just good ninja synergy. Yeah. Like, that original ability of, like, whenever you activate a ninja ability, a ninjutsu ability, uh, you get to anticipate. On top of this being a 3-mana 2-4, which is pretty good stat line. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so the next... We saw one of these other mythic dragons, and it is... Oh, God. Atsushi? Atsushi. Atsushi, the blazing sushi. sky. Me too. Um, and in Dutch, Atta is how we refer to, like, downing a drink in one go. But this sounds like Atsushi, as if you're just, like, slamming as much sushi as possible down your throat. Anyway. Uh, Atsushi, the blazing sky. Two red red for a legendary dragon spirit with flample. When uh, Atsushi, the blazing sky, dies, choose one. Exile the top two cards of your library until end of turn you may play those cards or create three treasure tokens. What do you think of this one, Brad? Um, it, I want it to be really good. Okay, look, on rate, 4-4, four, four, flying trample for four. Respectable, it's fine. This is the thing with these. So we there's the there's also, we see the black one got spoiled too. Um, and I, I'm going to talk about them both in the same exact way, in this entire cycle in the same way. Because I see a lot of people looking at these cards and saying they're just not very good, like they're just kind of like slow, whatever. And the fact that they do things when they die kind of sucks. But my thinking is this. At the end of the day, they are a 4-4 beater, and then in the black ones, one the black, the black one is a 5-5 beater, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, they're just beat sticks that your opponent's going to be like kind of wary about killing. And some, maybe not the red one as much because, I mean, look, three treasures, while that's good, you're already dropping down a four drop. So, how much more are you going to like ramp into stuff with it's, a four it's drop? It's time for huge red again. You kill this and they drop an Ugin. That's fair. Um, or you get a, uh, light up the stage um, also not bad yeah so a little bit wary to kill it um are you fine with if i just read out the black one real quick just for comparison yeah, sure thing. yeah. so it's a uh, junji uh, the midnight sky uh three double black so a five mana five five flying menace uh dragon and then w- when it dies you choose one of the following uh, each opponent discards two cards uh, and loses two life. And then the other one is put a target non-dragon creature uh, from your graveyard into the battlefield. Uh, and, uh, if it enters the battlefield, you lose two life. That's what it says. Under your control, yeah, you lose put two target life. non-dragon creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield in your control, you lose two life. Especially because of two life already, but just please someone prove me wrong, but I haven't found a card that loops with this. Like a non-dragon that you can get back and that you can like sack to reanimate a creature. I think there's a card in, but then still you you wouldn't get this one to die unless you have a second copy. 
Um, but like, there's no looping way that I could think of with this card. But if someone finds yeah. one, please let me know. So like, this one's a bit scarier than the red one because like, hey, I have a 5-5 five, five flyer that is a clock on its own. If you kill it, I'm going to get back something even better, potentially, right? So that's going to just be in the back of the mind of your opponent. Um, and if you're in a grindy matchup where like maybe they even XL the yard already, but like they don't have enough mana to do everything with like their removal and stuff like that, and they only have a couple cards in hand, and then you just choose for them to discard, you're like, hey, we're both hellbent now. That can also feel pretty bad. And then one other thing, both of these cards in this cycle, presumably, they're all legendary. So any extra copies that you draw into, you can play and just have it be a four they, mana make three three treasures. Turn into mana, spells. Exactly. Where a five mana reanimate any non-dragon is pretty much the rate of what we have in Pioneer for reanimation spells that don't come with like an automatic downside, like Blood for Bones, where you have to sack something, for example. Yeah. You know? So I think these have a little bit more play to them than people are giving credit for. Yeah, I think but they're I, pretty good. Yeah. I think the they're, black one's kind of scary. I mean, I think the red one's good too. Like, it's... Yeah. There's just, and I understand people are like, yeah, it sucks that they're death triggers and not ETBs. I get that. But these cards would be fucking broken if they were ETB triggers, yeah. right? ETB, like, make three treasures. Like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'll take my one mana four four flatball, thanks. Like, you know, these... So... Sure, they're death triggers rather than ETBs, but first of all, I like seeing more of that. You know, you could say, and, and this was a complaint that I heard from people uh, back in the standard when we had like Hazard, Rekindling Phoenix, Adonto Vanguard, all these cards. And there was basically the complaint of like, removal is shit unless it exiles. Because there is so much stuff that has to be exiled. Scarab God 2 at the time. But Compare that to formats where all of these cards have ETB abilities, and in those formats, you can't even play removal, mm -hmm. right? I would rather have removal that is like, hey, there's a premium on XL removal, then you better put 20 counterspells in your deck because you can't have any of these cards resolve, right? So I think it's pretty cool. Anyway, I think these cards are good on rate, and... You know, we're taking these, like, big, beefy, important legendaries. At least they, they seem important if you, you know, see what kind of treatment they get and you see them show up in some of the other art. Making them four or five drops means they're much more likely to be playable than making them... Then, like, think of the Elder Dinosaurs from, um, from Ixalan, right? The only reason Galta's playable is because it gets discounted to be less than 12. But none yeah. of them actually see play... And I think these can see play. I think they're awesome cards. They look super cool. They have cool effects. And they're probably going to be pretty playable. Like, this is what I want to see in a big mythic dragon. Yeah. And the art's so fucking cool. And I love, like, the the Eastern culture type of, like, dragons that we're seeing. So I'm I'm a fan of these all the way. Yeah, exactly. These are These are great. I'm a big fan. Sign me up. Uh, also, I talked about, like, my fear of Kamigawa, like, it's gonna be too much, like, modern Kamigawa, but seeing these cards, are, like, we'll talk about the next one with, uh, Hidetsuku, like, there is 
plenty of like classic awesome what made original kamigawa cool in this set too and that gets mm -hmm. me super excited except this card is bad though but not that heartless hitatsuku was any better for constructed um hitatsuku devouring chaos three in a black for a 4-4 ogre demon legendary with two activated abilities one is black psychic creature scry two no tapping, you can do this as much as you want. Second ability, two red, two and a red, then tap this. Exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. When you exile a non-land card this way, Hidetsuku Devouring Chaos deals damage equal to the exiled's card's mana value to any target. So, spin the wheel when you... I mean... Can hit a 15 drop and just dome your opponent for 15. True. Autocton Worm or something. Is that Pioneer Legal? That might not be. World Spine Worm is at least. Yeah. World Spine Worm, Emrakul. Put this in your Rakdos reanimation deck with the other two dragons. Fair to me. Seems reasonable, I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I'm just trying to think of like other ways to design this card because like it's four four for four. It's whatever on rate. One black. We don't have to, you don't have to set, uh, tap anything for the black one to scry and sack a creature. Also, you can sack itself, which is pretty decent if your opponent goes to remove it. You can get some value on the way out. Yeah, I, I just wish this was designed in a different way. Like, I think these two abilities are pretty good, but, like, I don't know. I guess I, I want this to be, like, on, like, a, a one or two drop. Yeah, it, it kind of, like, I don't know. I get this feeling of, like, yeah, probably cool commander. Yeah. But, like, I, I wish that wasn't the case, because it's a, it's a super cool card, and I I will say I, I'm not a huge fan of the design because it feels giga coin flippy. Like, people are going to put, like, Emrakuls and Ulamogs in their decks, and I'm going to get domed for 10. And then the next game I play against them, and nothing will happen. It's basically Marvel, but then bad. But I do think there was, like, a cool design space there, where it seems like they just really wanted a throwback to Heartless Hedetsuku. So they were like, I, I, I guess we, we have to make dome someone for a dumb amount of damage, because otherwise it's not true to the original yeah one also one issue i have with this card is kind of like the same issue you had with um the tarak tarak whatever tarask yeah from afr but this is a a pretty big character in terms of kamigawa where like in the original kamigawa um hitatsugu survived by merging with devouring chaos and then now in this rendition, he is the new Devouring Chaos. That's fucking sweet, flavorfully. But the card is just this dude. Flat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I almost wish this... I, I would have rather... Um, Again, hindsight's twenty twenty, But I almost would have rather this been like a big old stereotypical demon that's like a five, six, seven drop that just does something on ETB that's just like big demon scary it, rather than like this 
I wish like, its activated ability was cheaper and it would do damage to both players, akin to the original yeah. card. Uh, that that goes, yeah, to that's the like, Tower of Chaos. Yeah. yeah, and that's like, yeah, I can put 15 drops in my deck, but I will be eating that 15 too. So, it also just feels like the first, the two abilities just like, I mean, okay, I get what their synergy is here. You scry, and then you can see if there's something big on top. It's clever. But, mm. I don't know, then you also need to start putting like, token generation in your deck which is probably cheap cards but they want to be flipping expensive cards though i guess you can you can also just flip cheap cards so you can cast them feels like this deck is this card is like trying to pull you in literally every direction like is this an aggro card is this a control card do i want to make cheap cards do i want expensive cards do i want tokens do i want big guys do what do i want everything it's an everything bagel so i will take one of everything please <laughs> All right, then we'll, we'll move on to December 27th spoilers. Oh, yeah, this was the one that they put in the water, right? That basically fell out of a ship, I think. <laughs> this is like if Yugi got his Exodia cards back, they would look like this. Um, so it's a saga for six mana, the Kami War. Uh, one, Wooberg. Um, exile target non-land permanent, the opponent controls. It's the first chapter. Second one is return one target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, then each opponent discards a card. And the third one is, uh, it basically just flips into a creature, which is a, uh, which is Ogachi made manifest, enchantment creature, legendary spirit. Uh, it's not actually legendary. Okay. Just a dragon spirit. Um, it is all colors. It has flying and trample. And when it attacks, defending player chooses a non-land card in your graveyard you return it to your hand, and it gets plus X plus zero, where X is the mana value of the card that put back in your hand. So, big value. Yeah. Um, it's a mythic. It just, I know it's a little, I don't know, it reminds me of Elspeth Conqueror's death, but then with, like, way more steps. Plus like, get rid of a mana. permanent, then, okay, you get, you get a tax instead of a bounce, but, like, whatever, that's what you pay the one mess mana for. And then you get, like, big threat. Would this be that much better if it was just straight Wooberg and not the extra one mana? No, I don't think it would make much of a difference. Like, you can't bring to light this because it's an enchantment. But, like, I don't know what they're afraid of. Yeah, also, someone pointing out in, like, the Mythic spoiler comments here. I understand, because it'd be very powerful, but the fact that this backside doesn't have haste feels wrong. Like, this card has been on the battlefield for three turns, and now you just have to wait. Like, all right, and now he flips. It, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh! Where they go through these, like, where these villains always go through 15 hoops to summon their big legendary creature, and it's like, and then I will end my turn. Yeah, it's... You have one turn to find a solution. And it's like, uh, this card has, um... Oh, it's CMC on the back. Is this CMC on the back zero? No, it's not right. It's like thing in the ice. It's six. It has to be treated as the thing in the front. Yeah, yeah. So they, you can't push it. And I was like, okay. That would have been sad. I will tragically push your dragon. Well, the, um, the wording's so weird, because, like... Yeah. So, uh, what... 
What rulings wise makes this different from like Edgar's uh, coffin? Because the coffin, when that flips, you can attack with Edgar. When it flips back to Edgar, like as if he has haste, like he's not summoning sick. So why is this different? I think it has to do with rules wise that when like sagas trigger their last ability, they have to get sacrificed. So that's why I think I think that's why this has to leave the battlefield and return transformed. So the game doesn't tell you like this is a three this is a saga that has done all its things, you should sack it. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it has to flip. And also because it had counters, maybe there's like it would get weird rules wise if you could flip it back. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's the first one. Yeah, it's, it should definitely have haste because it's just it's just sitting there. Again, you just you just do the Yu-Gi-Oh thing. Just have your cool dragon and then pass, and then hope your opponent doesn't play Dark Hole, but no one in the anime does, so that helps. It's just this this card just feels like underwhelming for what it does the mana cost is and it's not just the mana cost being like it's six mana it's fucking wooberg like again if this was straight wooberg no one generic of anything this is still like unplayable yeah i mean it also feels almost like unnecessarily having all these colors it's the first effect is probably white right the second effect is demir because it's literally a demir card it's called recoil so that's Esper. And then the back is flying and trample. We we can have that in Esper. And then it puts a card back in your hand. I mean I, I, I guess flying trample is more typical for red dragons, and its effect is a regrowth effect, which is kinda green. So it's like it at least qualifies to be every color, but it does didn't didn't have to be. But there's probably rules why. I think Ogachi is like already a color. Like even bes- like I I would be fine with like if if it just had no semblance of green in it whatsoever, and if it, and it's in Wooberg, that doesn't bother me because I'm just like the Kami War. This whole the whole way the card looks and stuff. I'm like it makes sense. It's all the colors. I don't yeah. know. It just feels right flavorfully, but just fuck, it doesn't do enough. Which is weird, looking at how yeah. many words are on this card. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't do enough, yet it is two full cards. <laughs> like uh. This card probably has more text on it than the textless basics. And it doesn't do enough. I mean, the uh, artless basics. And it doesn't do enough. I mean, unless, unless you're playing a, uh, a Steal Your Stuff deck you run like siphon whatever and you rip this off the top of your opponent's deck and you're like i can cast this for six generic mana <laughs> now now it's talking. actually castable <laughs> yeah i wish i got siphon inside uh, it's a cool card it's just not yeah it's not constructed playable in the slightest cool i just have no idea who would ever play it anywhere commander um, seems fun can't even enigmatic incarnation find creatures, right? Yeah, so you kind of do that. Yeah, there's like no way to cheat this. We need like reverse incarnation. Sack a five drop and then you 
and then you get your six drop enchantment. That, that's the type of like, it, this would be, so maybe it isn't there now, but like in the future, this is going to be like the top end of some sort of like, like a deck like pod, right? that type of deck that sort of like climbs up through like different mana costs. So this this is like where it ends, kind of. I mean, I'd rather I'd end with Niv just, Yeah, or and just get binding the old gods on the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. This know. is like I don't know. Like I I I know it's like a dumb meme, right? Where people see like see like an item online and it's like it's super expensive and it's it's like whatever. Where the response is always like, "I think better suck my dick for this cost." That's <laughs> that's how I look at this card. I'm like. All right, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, the value is insane, right? This isn't like a 17 for one. If it gets to do its thing, even when it doesn't get to attack. Yeah, but this is what's going to happen, Alex. You're going against a Niv to Light deck, right? Mm-hmm. And you play this card and you exile a permanent and you're like, sweet. And then your opponent's like, binding of the old gods. Kill it. Yeah. Or even worse, no. they, they, you play against a black deck, they're like, feed the swarm. <laughs> you're like, okay. No, I, I have the very worst one, Brad. You're thinking I'm being smart. I'm going to wait till turn seven. You play this, your opponent casts a mystical dispute. You're like, ah. But I have the mystical dispute for your mystical dispute. Your opponent looks at their six untapped lands and they're like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah exactly. <laughs> God. So yeah, not a good card, but pretty cool. Pretty cool. Go for Commander. Um, now we have another card. This is, this is kind of cool. I didn't actually have a good look at this. Nazumi Prowler. Still a bit of a robot rat. One in a black... For an artifact creature, Rat Ninja, he's got a ninjutsu cost for one and a black. Uh, we haven't actually talked about this, but we probably should. In case people don't know what ninjutsu actually is, which it's been a while since we've been to Kamigawa, what ninjutsu means is that we should have done this way earlier. Um, whoops. <laughs> whoops. Uh, I'm sure, you know, I trust our audience that if they don't know it, they actually look it up, but it's better if we bring it to them. So, hey, Ninjutsu means if you're a creature, you go to combat, you declare your creature as an attacker. Your opponent says, all right, this creature, I, I, I won't block. So your creature is now unblocked. Look at that. Now, for the rest of combat, which is even possible after it dealt damage, because then you're still in the end of combat step, but just for the rest of combat, that creature is now eligible for you to cast to ninjutsu on. And that means, if you're like swinging with your Llanowar Elf or whatever, your opponent doesn't block, you pay the ninjutsu cost, you take the attacking creature off the table, and now the ninjutsu creature gets put on the battlefield, tapped and attacking, and that is now basically in that creature's spot. And now that's attacking. Now, I did say in that creature's spot, you can use it to dodge removal. It's not that literal, it's like the removal now hits this. It is actually a new target. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool way to like play with unblockable creatures or just make combat like really complicated. So this is probably going to be a hell of a limited format. Especially with this one, because what it actually does when you ninjutsu 
Um, when Nazumi Prowler enters the battlefield, you don't have to ninjutsu it, but it would trigger then too. Target creature you control gains death touch and lifelink until end of turn. So either your big boy is swinging in and you're like, I want a lot of, I want a lot of life. Your opponent's like, I'll take that free block and it's not so free anymore. Or you're swinging into something and it's like, their big boy. Like, hey. Yeah, it goes for a block and you're like, hey. <laughs> Die. Um, it's, it's, it's a fine card. Like, it's just like, I, I, I'm, I'm more interested in the fact that like, what else we see in the uncommon slots stuff. Yeah, I mean, this, this, this card has a pretty cheap ninjutsu cost, which is something you're on the lookout for in ninjas. It's a 2-mana 3-2, so a 3-1, so it's pretty aggressively statted, which can either lead your opponent to block it very frequently, right? If they have a lot of cheap stuff, they're going to be like, yeah, okay, I'll trade my 1-mana 1-1 for this. If your opponent's a little bit on the like taller side in terms of mana costs, then your opponent might actually be interested in not blocking this because it trades up very well. So in those type of matchups, it's pretty likely to go unblocked, and then it's a nice filler to still get your ninja triggers from your cards like the Umizawa card we just saw. I wish this was legendary, because I want to run a commander deck. Well, it's it's actually mono black. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to make Satoru my commander, okay? I'm going to run as many rat ninjas as I can. And then a bunch of turtles. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> what happens when you ninjutsu in a meandering tower shell? Hold up. You know that meme, right? No. So meandering tower shell. Uh, I'm just going to read this out, people, so they get the meme if they see it in spoiler season. It is uh, from Council of Tarkir. It is a 5-mana five 5-9, five a turtle with island walk. Whenever a meandering tower shell attacks, exile it, return it to the battlefield under your control, tapped and attacking at the beginning of the declare attacker step on your next turn. So it's a very slow boy. Every time you attack, you have to wait a whole turn. Then he comes back and actually attacks. Now the meme with this is that the card is so slow that it arrives late at every spoiler season. So for a while, every time for a set, they were like, new spoiler, Meandering Tower Shell. Uh, moving on to the next card. This is this is just a, this is a backfiller. Um, Yukai Trainee. One in a green for a 2-2 Human Samurai. Uh, when it blocks or becomes blocked, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. This is literally just Bushido, basically at least confirming that we're not keywording this this time around, which is good because the stupid mechanic. Then we have, oh, we're, we're talking about a new mechanic era, Brad. Why don't you read me out what Discharge of Flame does? Fuck, I gotta click on it, because it's not in English in the leak. All right, Discharge of Flame is... I thought you were learning Spanish. In a red... Is Spanish? Uh, yeah, it's... It's uh, Italian. Oh, never fuck, mind. can't do that. Um, <laughs> discharge of Flame, X in a red, instant... And it says, uh, it deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker. If you control a modified creature as you cast this spell, deal X plus 2 damage instead. And modified creatures are creatures that are equipped, enchanted, or have counters on them. It, is, it, it reminds me a lot of Crater's Claws, but it is an instant, which is kind of cool. Uh, where it's an X burn spell, but if you meet some requirement, in this case it was Ferocious, uh, you'll deal that much plus 2. 
And which Victor is, Brand, you do another two. One difference with this in Creator's Claw is this says, as you cast this spell, so even if someone then goes to remove your creature, you would still deal the plus two, if I'm correct. Because it says, as you cast this spell. Which is pretty relevant. Not as keen to be blown out. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't see the the upside of like I want sometimes you want a little more than a shock to have that requirement of needing a creature that is either equipped, enchanted, or has counters on it. I don't see it. I think Brad, what do you make of modified in general? As a keyword? Like them choosing that as the word or like the mechanic as a whole? Yeah, what do you think of the mechanic? Do you think it do you think it's good? Do you think it's uh, cool. I guess it depends on what else we see. This card isn't that great, but I mean, it. Okay, think about it this way: the floor, technically speaking, if you have a modified creature, it's a one mana shock, right? Yeah, like it's just shock straight up. So that's fine, or it's a instant speed. You know, I guess they one. It's a lightning strike. Yeah. So if you pay two, it's in. What's the card from with Adamant from? From uh oh uh uh um are you talking about? Because I actually bought a bunch of those, thinking it might be okay. That was what anyway. I was playing standard three mana deal four instant speed. Um, um, but in the right deck, I, I'm I'm really interested to see what we get in white green and black for modified stuff because auras is a thing um there's uh i mean this might be interesting in i mean this this card isn't good enough for like what's it called uh in soul but maybe we can get something that can synergize nicely with those kind of I, think I mean, in, in white, a it's a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Right? If there's an enchantment, I mean, an enchantment that is modified would immediately meet its own requirement, I think, so it probably wouldn't be that. But, like, a white card that does something with modified cards is like, you know, that's the... That color is always in Aura's decks. It's, they're always white X. Yeah. So those white cards would actually make a lot of chance, I think. I think we're going to see a very good green card in a a few spoilers if and also a very good white card i think there's two really good aura cards in this uh dump so we already talked about uh, land then we have uh igonjo uprising which is x red white for sorcery create x two two white creature samurai creature tokens with vigilance they gain menace and haste until end of turn each opponent creates x minus one Two two white samurai creature tokens with vigilance. Basically, just we both get an army, but mine's a bit better than yours. Is there a way? Is there a card you can play that makes it so they don't get the tokens, or like a, like a replacement effect? Um, you could play uh, this card with um, Authority of the Consoles, and this could they they all intertap I mean, for your opponent. Yeah, but yours already have vigilance, so that's kind of the idea. You can swing out. No, 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 no. And... Their theirs get vigilance. Oh no, ours have vigilance too. You're right. 
I mean, also, when you're playing a stupid amount of mana for it, you can flash in a crafty cut purse first, but that adds four mana onto this, which would uh, is a card from Ixalan that's with flash. It basically says if your opponent would get any tokens, you get them instead, but that's only for one turn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I don't think the cards are very good, but... It, it kind of depends on what you're going to be able to do with this, right? If you have any, like... Token doubling, this obviously gets out of hand really quickly. Um, if you have any Samurai synergy, that's pretty good. Right, that will make it... Uh... What's the card? I think it's... I think this card is one-sided. Uh... It's that card that gives tokens minus two, minus two. But I believe that is um, that's not one-sided. Is it like virulent plague? Uh, yeah, vir- virulent plague. But that's just tokens get minus two, minus two. So that would also kill your own. So no, it's pretty. I think it's pretty tough to make this one-sided. Oh, actually, someone top commented a dagger burn. Kind of cool with like that curse. Yeah. Kind of cool. I love the duality of magic players always here. Top one is Dagger Burn, Caps Lock, 100 explanation marks. Person underneath, as usual, another garbage card for Boros. <laughs> yeah. I'm more in the bad card is bad camp. Fair enough. All right, got, then we're moving I, on I gotta to... jump through hoops to make it good. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, here's a card where you don't have to jump through that many hoops. All you have to do is put it in your SRAM deck. And it's Light Pause, Emperor's Voice. Can read it out to me, Brad? So I could just enjoy how good this card is. It is one and a white for a legendary fox advisor creature. Uh, it comes in as a 2-2. And it says, Whenever an aura enters the battlefield under your control, if you cast it, you may search your library for an aura card with mana value less than or equal to that aura and with a different name than each aura you control. Put that card onto the battlefield, attach to light pause, and then shuffle. So this is copies four through eight, sort of, of SRAM. Yeah, I will, uh, I will take my eight. all that glitters and then grab my ethereal armor. The only downside to- is it has to equip to him, um, which yeah. the turn he comes in is kind of eh. Um, I if it said any creature you control, you can just attach it to. It'd be fucking ridiculous. I mean, you, go, I, you know, yeah, I didn't read this the first time. It's also different named auras. Yeah, but that's not that big of a deal, though. No, I think this this card is going to slot into the deck pretty easily. You probably don't run four. Um, I mean, may, maybe just while we're playing with it, it turns out to be like really fucking good, and you're like, yeah, you need all four. But, uh, I mean, SRAM's a legendary, you run four, so I, I guess I, I can see it. But yeah, this, this I mean, it's, it's also really less good. than or equal. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, in the deck, all that glitters and ethereal armor, are, especially ethereal armor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but all that glitters, too, to some extent, too, because it's basically the same card, but double the mana. Um, all that glitters and ethereal armor are really the cards you're constantly looking for. So... If there is, but, you know, there's no way to really tutor for them. You just have to draw into them. So having a card that, like, consistently, 
especially ethereal armor consistently can get the best card in your deck out of your deck really good combine this with like griff's boon you play griff's boon grab your ethereal armor and now your creature is suddenly it's huge and it's evasive and you can do this like super consistently maybe there's even other auras that we're currently not thinking of um think of like maybe you go into azorius and now you want to run a card like arcane flight just as a one-off in your deck and it's just all right whenever i need this creature to be evasive i can grab either a griffspoon or arcane flight maybe in order to have a similar mana cost because you want more two drops you want to run what is it like angelic gift that people Mm -hmm. run in azorius in historic because that is two mana cantrips and then hey i can use that to grab my all that glitters if i don't have it yet and you can make this deck sort of like super consistent and almost add like a toolboxy element to it, which I think is super good. I can imagine people start running shit like Gift of Immortality or whatever. Though that probably gets too expensive because then we're talking like three mana enchantments. But even two mana ones that have like niche applications, maybe it gives like protection from a certain color or like protection from creatures or something like that. It's like, oh, I'll put it as a one-off in my deck and I can grab it whenever, and now it's phenomenal. Maybe even something with Lifelink. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'll grab it when I need it. And... and one big aspect of this is like one thing that happens with auras, where like you want to constantly be casting your auras, that's the whole point of the deck, and making your creature bigger and that kind of thing. You do get in this spot where like you have to kind of hold back and not just like overextend too much. Because then mm-hmm. you aren't able to hold up your, you know, protection spells. Blessing and stuff. Exactly. Where this kind of helps you get around that. You get a free ethereal armor. Here's my big threat, but I still have my protection for it. So like make sure it doesn't die. So it's another little thing to kind of help. Yeah, and you got like a quality over quantity type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to expand, extend into like seven auras. I'm going to extend into three good ones. Yep. And I only had to cast two spells. So I think the card's great. Yeah. And also, there is just, I'm sure there's a ton of auras that we just aren't even thinking about that will now be good because of this card. Are there any auras that give protection? I think the one of protection from creatures is not pioneer legal. Um, there is Guild Scorn Ward for one mana, and it gives protection from multicolored. Mm. That's sick against Niv. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> and it's even one mana. The other ones are once four mana, uh, Catilda, but that's only on the backside because of Disturbed, and the other one is five mana, so you're not grabbing any of those. But that Guild Scorn Ward, that's... That's there's, pretty nasty. There's your toolbox right there. If you go against yeah. Niv, you just I mean, you can literally put, yeah, sideboard in one. Like, yeah, yeah I'm getting really pissed off by Niv. Or uh, people bring in, like, Blood Baron from the Vampire deck. Like, yeah, just, that's my answer. Just slot it in there. Pretty, pretty cool. Hey, look at that. We found something. There you go. Now, I've always been a fan, Alex, of uh, Selesnia Auras. Because we have Glade Cover Scout in Pioneer. Oh, I thought that was a really cool deck. And we did get a spoiler or a leak that makes me feel like time to look at Selesnya again. 
with Kami of tra uh, Transience. It is a one and a green 2-2 two -two creature spirit with Trample. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Kami of trans uh, Transience. At the beginning of each end step, if an enchantment was put into your graveyard from the battlefield this turn, you may return Kami of Transience from your graveyard to your hand. I think this card's really fucking good. I think it's really, really good. I mean, never run out of threats again to slap your auras on. Yeah. Even See? if your opponent, if you play this, you go and put an aura on it, and your opponent is like, oh, I'll remove your card in response. I believe your aura still hits the battlefield, just has no target and goes to the graveyard. Ta-da! Put it back, or if it had an aura on it, that's the easiest one. There's an aura on it, it dies. Yeah. Like, this is... You really did it. Good. And you don't even have to put the auras on it for it to get buffed. And it's got trample. So exactly. you don't even have to dedicate a single aura to it to make this thing pop off. It's a really good card. Yeah, I think this card's really good. So it, now, it's making me think Selesnya is a pretty cool option. It, it's hard to find a spot, I think in the deck to randomly put this like card in as like a high number i can imagine this is like two mm -hmm. maybe three if it turns out to play very well but the, the deck is kind of tight on these spots i mean a lot of the decks will but play like it allows two... you to play bogle yeah you're going exactly. into green then that allows you to put slippery bogle in your deck and that is obviously the best card to slap auras on of all time yep well we don't have bogle but glade cover scout which is literally the same thing God, never give us the actual bogle. Then Selesny Auras will definitely be the best one. Uh, yes. And then I will stop playing this format. What? Um, next spoiler is Mukotai Soul Ripper. This one is just strange. Um, it is one in a black for a 4-3 vehicle with crew 2. Um, and then it also has whenever Mukotai Soul Ripper attacks, you may sacrifice another artifact or creature. If you do, put a 1 1 counter on it and it gains menace until end of turn. I like the synergy. I know it's probably never going to do this. When you tap Magda to crew this, she gives you a treasure which you can sack to this thing. That's pretty cool. But probably not the best thing you could be doing with Magda, but still. Rakdos vehicles? Yeah. Could go Mardu and just like there's that there's that white spell that just makes all your vehicles turned on without Oh yeah. yeah. Um could you imagine if this wasn't a vehicle and this was just an artifact creature though? Ooh. Also a kind of cool thing to like be doing with your scrap heaps grounder. Mm. Just sack it if you you want the value, the scrounger is not doing much. Ooh. This this go in mono black aggro? Hmm. It work no listen, you can you can crew Maybe. um the the, the human. Yeah, right? the bloodsoak champion. Yeah, crew it with it, swing in, sack it, you attack this turn, so you can then bring it back. I could see it, sure. I, I don't. I don't think it's it's a bad call to put a potentially tried in that deck. I mean, it, it, it's just it becomes... gains menace, makes it somewhat evasive. It can become really big. Yeah, 
think that has a an actual shot <laughs> at like I I would try it. Yeah. This is I mean this seems like a pretty cool card like already. Um and like can you really honestly tell me how much of a difference this is from casting your scrappy scrounger on turn two? Yeah, that is never your ideal line anyway, I guess. Yeah. So this card's pretty decent. And that it 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 it's obviously way worse than Copter. But it yeah. feels a bit of a role like Copter does, which was uh, has always been like vehicle strength that they have the ability to dodge board wipes. And this card not only like not only can it like dodge board wipes, but like a vehicle does. But then the moment your creatures come back on your turn, like your Scrap Heaps card, but doesn't have haste yet, but this card can back a fucking bunch after a couple sacks, right? Exactly. Your opponent's like, yeah, you can wipe my board, but then I'm going to bring back my Scrap Heaps Crowner and hit you for like seven at that point. Like that, that's probably lights out. Card's not legendary. So you know, if you've got two, that works. Yeah, I think this card's pretty awesome, actually. And if you draw too many of them, just sack them to each other. Exactly. Too bad. I wish it was templated in a way where it could be an artifact creature and vehicle at the same time as far as typings are concerned without being able to just not be activated as a... You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? You just want to be sacking creatures to it even if it's like not attacking yeah and well no i mean like i wish that they had the creature type of like just to work with like scrap heap in the yard as well because like if you have multiples of these and you say oh yeah, yeah 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 just a little extra synergy um but i i mean th this is what's gonna happen though if this card actually is really good in mono black aggro we're gonna see cards pop up that synergize really well with this a lot of the same way copter did with night market lookout that was a staple in mono black aggro very early on when we had copter because it was just crew ping your opponent for one. Yeah. Just that little extra value. So Might there has to like... be other cards that you can run in mono black aggro that just make this card. I, like, I think I'm, it's already, I'm not really sure, good. but it just feels like a good fit because right? it's got a crew too. And I mean, like, Dread Wanderer enters tapped, so that can be a little bit of a problem, but, like, Scrap Heap Scrounger and Bloodsoak Champion don't, so that's probably enough. Yeah. You know, if, if this card's any good, you might be looking at finding ways to get rid of Dread Wanderer, which I think is already, like, the card people run three of rather than four, mm -hmm. like all the other ones. And then you might be... So, yeah, maybe might actually be finding a card, but I'm not even sure if we'd be finding a card that necessarily has synergy with this, like, Night Market Lookout did with... A copter but maybe at least like some recursive two power creature that we're willing to maybe have like a little bit more of a hoop to jump through but it is something that can crew this card that's what i could see that happening yeah fucking sweet cool. yeah uh now now we're getting into the potato quality uh territory for sure do you want me to give a good old effort to the boris one uh, well, let's start with the mono red one. This is chronological, and this one we can actually read. Go ahead. What is it? 
Goro Goro, disciple of Ryusei? 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 Ryusei yeah. was uh, one Ryusei. of the original dragons from Kamigawa. Cool. One in a red, legendary creature, Goblin Samurai. You can pay... It's a 2-2, by the way. Uh, you can pay red. Creatures you control gain haste until end of turn. You can also pay three and then red red, so five mana. Create a 5-5 five, five red dragon spirit creature token with flying. Activate only if you control an attacking modified creature. So... Uh, I don't know, this card's kind of bad. Could you play this in goblins? It also hastes it. I don't see why you would ever play this over Battlecry Goblin. Well, I mean, probably play like one or two of these. We don't have very many good goblins, Alex. Yeah, but how... how... That's not even true. We actually have a reasonable package of goblins. Especially now with Battlecry Goblin. But... Yeah. Where you, you don't have to play like filler crap like this. Because this five mana ability is just so many hoops to jump through to get a five pay five mana for a five five. That gets pushed. Which like I will just put a five mana five five in my deck. True. Like this this reminds me of that card with boast. Yeah. And that card's terrible. And that one's actually just hey, when you're attacking, just pay some mana, please, you get a dragon. Alright, cool. And your next dragon is uh, is on discount, right? You get, like, the coupon. You bought one dragon, your next dragon's on discount. And eventually your dragons are on the house. Like, it's... I don't know, and this card just doesn't... doesn't really do anything. I don't yeah. know, a lot of goblins want to have haste. It's a goblin commander that's probably not as obnoxious as stuff like Kranko, so... Alright, Brad, have a go at the next one. <laughs> All right, it's Rasona, a sorry commander. And I spent a while staring at this monstrosity of glare and a horrible lighting and blur. Try and fucking decipher this. And other people have to. <laughs> do they do like playtesting outside? Like this was just in the sun? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't fucking. Brad, no way it was in the sun. That's how we end up with the leaks. They play outside. And the wind blows a couple of cards off the table. Amazing. They end up in the water and they flow downstream and then someone <laughs> finds them Hooray. with the camera that they found upstream in the water. Yeah. I mean, it's a Nokia, probably. <laughs> True. <laughs> Things don't die. All right, it's a something three, we think, for three mana. We have no idea what the attack is. I'm assuming it's like a three, three. The legendary creature of some kind. We don't know. Like, dude, you cannot see the, the typing line at all. It's, 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 it's a ghost. White. It is a ghost. Hey, we like. have ghost rares in, in magic now. Let's go. <laughs> uh, whenever Arizona Asari Commander deals combat damage to a player, if she doesn't have an indestructible counter, put an indestructible counter on her. And it looks like she has haste. That That's the only thing I can think of that that keyword is. And then whenever combat damage is dealt to you, remove an indestructible counter from her. Um, so like... Oh! So you get you can get numerous indestructible... Oh no, if she doesn't have one, put one on. Yeah. It's so weird like, that it then says remove an indestructible counter and not remove all indestructible counters. <laughs> but, like, anyway. It's, I don't know, this, this card's like oral speed stick, let's go. 
I, I don't know. We got to think about this in a different light, Alex. You're running this in Jeskai Control, and you give it a counter, and then you run sweepers, and you're like, ha-ha. And then you play Solemnity, right? It... No. And then you have a... Isn't it like playing that counters can't be removed? Oh, it only can't be put on. Yeah, you don't want that. Oh, that's that's stupid. That would make I was me like, cry. I was like, man, instead of nine lives, just straight up winning the game, we're going to have a 3-3 three, three indestructible. But... I don't know. This card just looks kind of bad to me, unless it's like a five-three. You know, you don't like know. A, you know, it's gonna be like a one-three or something. Yeah, it's gonna be a one-three. Like, man, it's the best blocker of all time. <laughs> Hooray! Ugh. Yeah, it's, 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 it's I'm sorry. Is this? You know that thing on? Is it like the Saurus or whatever or Thesaurus? on uh, Scryfall that tries to find comparable cards. Yeah. And it says comparable cards, Akiri the, Fear the Fearless Voyager, Odric Bloodcursed, and Eroa's God of Victory. Did it just look up other shitty Boros cards? And it's like, hey, it is comparable hey. to this garbage no one will play. I I've played against Akiri and Commander, and that shit was really good. <laughs> I mean, it was... Yeah, I've played against... It's okay. It's Boros, so it, it can never be too good. But it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, this card does something, but I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Pretty impressive that they went to the lengths to uh, give us this amazing quality of a card. All right, so now another one with amazing quality that we could just about make out. This card's kind of cool. It is Thousand-Faced Shadow. It is one blue for a 1-1 one, one flying human ninja. And it has a ninjutsu cost of two blue-blue. When Thousand-Faced Shadow enters the battlefield from your hand, if, it was attack if it's attacking, create a token that's a copy of another target attacking creature. The token enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. So basically, unless you're like, I guess you could flip this off Winoda. Um... Unless you're uh, doing something like that. It's basically, if you ninjutsu this in, you get your 1-1 one, one plus a copy of something. Don't give Winota any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't Winota used to play Agent of Treachery? Yeah. Going back to that, boys. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Um, Wait. Wait. Yes. We're not, Brad. When, listen, Winota Agent of Treachery, also this card... And it can flip in, copy Asian of Treachery, and seal more things. Eh? 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 Yes. I, I like this because as a 1 mana 1 1 evasive creature, it is an, a ninjutsu enabler. And then you can play this early, pick it up with ninjutsu, and then drop it down again later. As like a more expensive ninjutsu card on top of your curve. And while you're waiting for that thing to grow, you can just keep replaying it and have it as this cheap ninjutsu enabler. I think it's really cool for that. And so it, it's it's like a good filler card to round out a ninja deck. Now, I think the problem I'm kind of anticipating with ninjas is that it's going to be the same problem that we've had talking about a bunch of other tribes, same with, like, werewolves and Innistrad now. I know we have Winoda, but the majority of werewolves still suck. 
right? There's a couple that are in Winoda, but the majority aren't doing anything. And it's just because if you're playing in an eternal format, you can't play block constructed. If you're going to have one set worth of some ninjas, you're just not going to have a good ninja deck. Now, some individual ninjas might be good because it's not like very parasitic. It's just if you have an unblocked creature, you can. If you have creatures that regularly go unblocked, you could consider playing some ninjas. But this really feels like it's supposed to like make a ninja deck tick. And I doubt we're going to see a ninja deck. Yeah. I mean, this is going to, I mean, especially in Pioneer, because like it's kind of oh, like it's rare. snow. This is my pre release card. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought this was an uncommon. Um, it's going to be like snow with Kaldheim, where we're like, can't we have a snow deck? And then you look at nope. the snow cards legal in Pioneer, like, oh, it's just Kaldheim. Shit. <laughs> well, that's also why I think the um, the cheater guy that just gives everything ninjutsu, it's going to see play because people, well, if people manage to cheat in stupid stuff, it's going to not be because. Not because we're actually going to have enough ninjas to make that stuff work. This is literally going to be an Aetherworks Marvel type variant, basically. Not like in that kind of deck, but like that type of deck, you know? Yeah. Where just you, you run into it in a league every now and then you're like, oh yeah. Oh god, that. Exactly. Well, those are our spoilers. Uh, we'll, we'll have them officially revealed to us starting next Thursday. I'm excited. We do have Morrow's teaser on Monday. That's cool. I, I, I'm honestly, I am pretty excited for Kamigawa. I was, yeah. listen to the last episode we did. I was a little skeptical and I was, I was cautiously optimistic, I think, or cautiously pessimistic, no matter how you want to put it. Uh, then I was like, I, I don't know. I have to wait and see. And I've, I've waited. I have seen a bit and I'm actually pretty excited. This, this yeah. is looking to be a cool set. I'm seeing some like fun designs being explored and I, I hope some of them pay off. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I think it's, I just, I think the set's pretty cool. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, I have this, this year, none of these sets really speak to me in like a personal level of like excitement. So I'm just kind of like, I'm here to just, I, like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm that fan at the game that holds up the science saying, I just hope that both teams have fun. <laughs> That's literally why I'm here. <laughs> Uh, but uh, before we go into the challenges and a little quick meta-analysis, which to take... we will try and do somewhat quickly, given that we've already been going for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we have a quicker way to run down this this week for that. So we're going to take a very quick intermission because i got to run to the bathroom. Alex, while I am doing that, you may grace the audience with our reminders out the door and give you practice for that. If it ends up being horrible, we'll cut it, and I'll do it again later. So I'll be right back. Great. How'd it go, buddy? I don't know. Probably terrible. You just have a go at the end, and Alex can decide which one he leaves in. All right. Well, I, we're going to do I, both. I, great. <laughs> I probably forgot half the things. I did thanks, Twitter, Inked Gaming. Official podcast of the Playaway Discord, ser Discord server? Oh, I didn't say that. I just said our name. If you want Shite. to play Paper Magic with us, you can do that. Yeah. That. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Just 
staple this together now somehow. We've got the perfect outro. Um, I did have... Um, I did receive a suggestion. I think you did too. Someone was like, have you guys ever considered doing um, like breaking up episodes, whatever, or like having intermission with like a music kind of delay to show like the gaps in between it, like for the people can't listen to like whatever, however long. And I'm like, kind of, we have, we've talked about it before, but does it really solve anything? When you just, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. It just, it just feels to me like if, if you have the problem that like, I can't listen to like a three hour episode, I understand. But to what point can you listen to it in one chunk? Like how long is your commute and how long is everyone else's commute? Yeah. And like Spotify just just saves where you left off. Yeah. So I can go and do something else. I can listen to another podcast, blah, blah, blah. And then I could come back to Pioneer Perspective and be like, hey, that's, that's exactly where I left off. Uh, I, I think it, it it can be. You can do it if you're more structured. I know like uh, Unsleevables, uh, Resleevables, uh, Cedric Phillips and uh, Patrick Sullivan, they do it. But Actually, before we go on to talk about... um challenges i do want to talk about one thing real quick because an episode of the pioneer perspective would not be complete every week if it didn't feature one of us shitting on arena with full force in some way (laughs) i want to do that real quick for those of you who don't know take the floor brad there's been a new digital game to rival our beloved magic arena more so just to showcase how fucking inept is this that you can dust in the Yu-Gi-Oh game it's not just that it's that at launch it came with over 10,000 cards no issue in terms of like fucking like programming wise and making sure that the cards work and April King on Twitter friends of uh the professor and all that good stuff. She made a wonderful point being like, Hey, isn't pioneer like 8,000 cards away? How the fuck did this game do 10,000 cards in one go where we can't even just do like the bare minimum for pioneer. Secondly, not only is it the fact that they are able to get 10,000 cards into the game coin. And for those of you trying to be like, well, maybe you go not as like complex as fucking magic. Oh, (laughs) I assure you it's even more complex. Magic magic doesn't do like filler commons. Like, exactly. And, and think about it this way. In Magic, we have the stack. I'm sure you guys have had so many. Every Magic player has a wonderful experience in trying to explain the stack to a new Magic player. And it could be daunting and difficult. Have and then there's the to, chain. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever tried explaining chain links to a fucking player? Have you ever tried explaining <laughs> that there are chain links and then suddenly, based on the spell speed you use of cards, that is not specified on the cards, by the way. It's not like instant sorcery where it's kind of black and white of like when you can play that. And then you have like split second, I guess. No, no, no. You have varying spell speeds of one, two, and three. And you have to be constantly aware based on the card typings that there are of what spell speed of that nature it is. And it can change based on like quick effects and things like that on creatures. And that continues your chain link. But there are times where if you use spell speed three or higher, 
well, there is no higher. It's just supposed to be three. It ends the chain link, which many players get fucking confused by uh, going like, why can't I respond to this trap to counter it? Uh, y- you can't. It's spell speed three. It ends the chain link. What? Yeah. Why? Um, nowhere on the car. I, I play um, goat format with friends and Valkyrian, the Magna Warrior, has what is known as an ignition effect on it. And it took me like 15 minutes to figure out why I couldn't actually do this in response to removal. Yeah. And it's just... And then I had to go, and I think I found like three Reddit. I said, oh, that doesn't make any fucking sense. No. (laughs) You know that wonderful rule that we have in Magic where it's repeated by every content creator, ourselves, the professor. Reading the card explains the card. Not the case with Yu-Gi-Oh. No, not the case. Do you know why I struggled with Yu-Gi-Oh, or I'm sorry, with Magic when I first came over? Because I overcomplicated what the wordings of the cards meant in Magic. I was trying to be like, if there's a slight difference in the way the grammar works in the card in Yu-Gi-Oh, whether it's a comma here, semicolon there, um, a use of the word the, and, the, them, they, it doesn't matter. If you change those vernacular in any way, shape, or form, it could completely change the speed and the circumstances of how you're able to interact with the card, where you can actually interject within the middle of chain links at times in some weird instances to make sure that your card effect still works in... This, and then you actually create a separate chain link over here in response to another chain link that's going on. Alex, could you imagine playing with two stacks at the same time? <laughs> I mean, I'm better at stacks than combat, but sure. So, no. Yu-Gi-Oh! is not less complicated than Magic. It's more complicated There's, than Magic. The, and the they weirdest- can program it. The weirdest thing that I learned in Yu-Gi-Oh! is that some cards do not do what they say on the card if other things happen at different times in a chain. Card of Safe... Everybody knows this from the Yu-Gi-Oh! episode where they win Sly for the Sky Dragon, right? With Card of Safe Return. If that happens on chain three and a creature gets reanimated on, like, chain three or something, the card just doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't say that anywhere on the card. No. It's just if a creature gets returned on chain three, you don't get to draw a card. And nothing tells you why that's the way it is. It, exactly. It's just the way it is. It doesn't trigger on multiples. Does that say it anywhere? No, it doesn't. You just have to know that stupid fucking rule. So yeah, I agree. It's it's stupid. I, I want to try the Yu-Gi-Oh game, by the way. I do too. I no. don't know to what era they go. I saw there were Xyz monsters in there, and that's... It's, it's that all the now. Bef- it should be to now. Oh, it's it's all the way to now. I'm pretty sure there's links on it. Oh, God. Then I don't get the rules anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I only played with synchros, and afterwards everything got weird. And then I bought a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards in Japan, and I pulled a Link monster that was in Japanese, and I was like, I have absolutely zero idea what is going on. Hey, with this the good thing is, is they changed the rulings of Links a couple years ago, because the original ruling oh, great. was that... When you had basically you the you had extra monster zones where it was in the middle. There's one for you, one for your opponent. They're right? gone. They're still there. Oh, right. But the thing was the way links worked is you played a link monster and the arrows opened up your main monster board to being more extra deck monster uh, zone spots. 
where if you didn't have the link and you just went straight to an XZ summon or a synchro before linking into your original one extra monster zone, you could not summon anything else from the extra deck at all without a link. They have since reverted that rule change to where it doesn't matter. You can now freely summon things out of the extra deck again without needing a link to unlock every single thing. Doesn't that completely break the game again? Because that was why they did it, right? Because the game was completely broken with Xyz monsters. Yeah, but then links got ridiculous and it solved nothing. Because then you just were able to, like, in in one turn, go one link, six link, five link, eight link, 20 link. And I mean, you can only go up to max six creatures and board. But there are some decks where you could actually go link. And then if you can actually get a link to the spot that actually has an up pointing arrow or a diagonal up pointing arrow you can summon it in your opponent's zone and lock them out of the extra deck it was stupid which you still can but you don't need to jump through all these hoops because they basically realize this idea of slowing the game down with these link monsters did jack shit it just nothing changed you just just stayed the course here's the other thing about the game though not you as a whole but like the, the the digital game the master duels or whatever i'm seeing so many threads on reddit on discord and the different channels or like communities we're in on Twitter where people are saying that they're playing the game for a few hours day one and can already have without spending a single dollar in the game, full fledged tier decks already. Can you do that in magic? No, <laughs> absolutely and then of course, not. And then, of course, there's the dusting component as well. I, I wonder how many hours you need to... Oh, you, uh, seriously, how much time do you need to spend opening packs before you can buy a meta deck? Just the process of opening packs might take you so long that you could already just have been playing the game for two hours on Yu-Gi-Oh! and already own the meta deck. Yeah. But you've been playing the game rather than it is spending absurd money. absurd in Wizards as a whole the arena development team, the the everyone that's in charge of arena in any way, shape, or form should be fucking embarrassed. It's fucking embarrassing. Dicked around like, by Yu-Gi-Oh! right now when it comes to this. Like, holy shit. This is embarrassing. Truly. Yeah. So, wanted to shit on arena a little bit because it deserves I mean, it at this point. We, we were, I mean, watched a video of Blessed Kenobi on it, but we were um promised like a dedicated stream to talk about the arena economy for like half a year now and every time they ask it's like i owe you a a separate stream for that but today's not the stream and then they move on yep okay thanks for that anyway let's have a very quick and looking at the time fucking hell uh very quick rundown of, uh, I mean, a rundown of the meta is basically impossible because the challenges for the past weekend, so the 15th and the 16th, I know we're a little bit behind on recording and stuff, um, are crazy. There is, I mean, we always talk about Pioneer, oh, it's got everything. This is actual everything. Yeah. Like, if you look, I will just like very quickly rattle off just the Saturday challenge. And I'll just go with Goldfish metagame summary. Sometimes it lobs decks together that shouldn't be, and sometimes it separates them, whatever. Um, is it Phoenix? Jeskai something. Lotus Field. Boros. 
um, black, red, green, junt. Then there's spirits. There's five color decks, which is probably fires. Four color decks, which is probably ascendancy. Um, a separate is it Phoenix deck, which is probably like with like some different cards. Then there's burn, blue, black control, ores of humans, nif delight. Uh, mono black vampires, black red mid range, mono red aggro, Naya Winoda, mono green ramp. It was actually this week. Celestia humans and mono black aggro, and that is in one of the challenges. And there was literal everything in there. There's mid range. There is the mid range that is actual mid range, which is rare. There was aggro. There was combo. There was control. There was dirty shit. There was fast shit. There was simple shit. There was complicated shit. There was literal everything name an archetype or a type of deck that you can think of in magic and it showed up this weekend it was crazy it's like the craziest meta deck uh, meta weekend ever Mm -hmm. it's pretty impressive that the format's been able to like just have this type of uh, exposure and um, presence when it comes to like what decks can be played and what can be good um, I mean, it, it just proves that there's eyes on the format now, and people are trying shit. And there's there's just so much. You know, you go to the um, Sunday's challenge, and people are like, hey, I haven't heard someone mention Book of Exalted Deeds for half a year that isn't called Brad. So, let's just play that? Sure. Why not? Do it. Boros, Bur- Boros Aggro. Sure, Ancestral Anger is a good card. Just really good. Yeah, we, we're seeing a lot of that Boros Heroic deck popping up again, or like Feathers Feather, if you want to call it that. Um, Phoenix is always still a player. There's still Vampires. There's um, even a, a little bit of an uptick in, uh, what's it called? Um, it, like, Rakdos Pyromancer is trying to evolve itself. Like you, So we had these two camps, right? There was Rakdos Pyromancer, and then all of a sudden it's like, we're now Rakdos mid-range with like, uh, thing playing like Blood Tithe Harvester. Sick Rectos. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, like Kalidus, a Graveyard Trespasser. Now we're seeing a pretty decent chunk of decks going like, what if we could do both? Playing Citrus Supplier, Voldaren Epicure that just makes a Blood Token on entry, Blood Tithe Harvester, still playing Bloodthirsty Adversary, playing four Croxa, still playing, you. Um, now it's playing Deadly Dispute instead of Village Rites. Um, it's also playing some Arcfiend's Vessel, that we saw way back when that card first came out in, in like Rakdos. So like, hey, we just make a demon. Cool. Like you're seeing the deck just continually evolve. You're seeing Rakdos blood token synergies with not even just this deck, but we're seeing full-fledged like madness vampire decks of Harvester, uh, Epicure. Um, there's the artifact that when you sack a blood token, it becomes a 3-3 with haste. There's Blood Fountain. Like and then it has a bunch of madness cards like um the uh, the three mana Fire one rainbows. exactly um there's the one that just it's when the three mana madness for one black card opponent loses three life you gain three life uh, Olmsted vein something like yeah that? exactly so like that's a deck too the we talk about it all the time but Pioneer's so fucking wide open and now that it has eyes on it oh I'm getting really excited Alex to see what else comes up. There are so many cards that are from Pioneer's past that like need to come back to the forefront of being tried again or cards of like standards like that. We've, we talk about Pioneer being that format where you can take old standard decks and try and fine tune them and like roll with it. Um, they played versus live today. Uh, they played Pioneer. 
and they played Soltai mid-range with like Nissa and shit. Nissa and Lear. That was yeah. basically your whole game plan. It was cool. Okay. This it's phenomenal. Um Yeah, so I guess we could do a very quick rundown. There's a, there's a couple of stops I want to make along the way. So I'm not gonna mention every deck by name because again, words um X amount of words per minute can come out of my mouth. Um second place, junk food, no more Priest of the Forgotten Gods. We now see Deadly Dispute in that spot. We also see some copies of Meat Hook Massacre, really going into that sort of like loopy, sacrificey way, but I suppose not valuing that sacrifice as much, which is very funny if you see the deck afterwards, which is a third the third place deck, which is reinvented Jeskai Ascendancy. And I just saw this deck on Twitter and it just made me so happy. First of all, it's running Silence, which Chef's Kiss, finally someone who figured out that this card was good, not named me. Um, then also going for a three Paradise Druid, four Sylvan Caryatid, back up again to three Sylvan Awakening, full four of Consider, four of Opt. And what did they ditch? Omnath, because he's dick. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I never understood why Omnath is in these decks anyway. And they just went for, we're going to do more of the Hexproof dudes. So there's a higher chance we can just randomly start popping off at some point, not even requiring the Sylvan Awakening, which means this deck is capable of basically winning the second you put a Jeskai's Endancy on the stack, which is great. Um, and then it just goes through its whole deck. It's got four crews, still running the Gigantha. I... Perfection. I love this deck. It's you know, so it's a clean. sweet evolution of this deck that is super tiny that no one really talks about too much but like i think it's a really big deal either completely switching off of chain to the rocks into portable hole or running a split because of the overall presence of this deck being in the format now people are running more enchantment removal which means in the mirror they take your chain to the rocks and they don't have it so now you're switching to an artifact based thing of portable hole which admittedly only hits two or less but a lot of the meta you were trying to kill in it with chain to the rocks to buy yourself some time you it's that. just early game so like that little, yeah, that little subtle switch from just doing more of a split and not going all on a change of the rocks is awesome. And again, like you said, silence in the main um, is so cool because so all all you need in these combo decks is sometimes just one more turn, and that's it. And I, upkeep. I think silence. it's also Paradise Druid and Sylvan Caryatid. If you go turn turn two, you play one of these dorks. Mm-hmm. Turn three, you play one of these dorks. I think you can go. It's is it possible? Yeah, I think pretty easily to go silence first. So you just open with silence. Your opponent's like, "Well, fuck, here we go." Like, resolves. Okay, cool. Jeskai ascendancy. I win the game. Yeah, exactly. Like, because you could just go through your considers, your opt, your second silence. These are all going to generate you mana because you got the two dorks out. Then you play Silver Awakening, and it's free rolling from there. It's so good. I-, I love what this deck's trying to do. Um, love this deck. Then we see... Uh, my... This is a Saturday challenge. Um, fourth place is Rogues. Very, very much Rogues as you expect. But cool to see Rogues show up. 
then um phoenix uh show up whatever phoenix we know that one thing about phoenix but we'll mention it right at the end um uh, blue white over anything yeah spirits is back for some reason uh doing spirit things uh Burles is back which we've seen uh then we see a Boros burn deck that is very much just a burn deck. It's got Monastery Swift Spear, Voldaren Epicure, Eidolon of Rhetoric, 28 burn spells. Yep. This is this is literally just modern burn. Order to Pioneer, it's great. Um Boros of Humans is back. Um we've seen Celestia Humans. Um the Mono Blue Spirits. Big Red, some more control. Anoda. Then 26th place by uh, SG Cyrus. Mono Green Ramp. Just the the thing that you already knew about. It's a bunch of dorks. Cavalier of Thorns, Worldbreaker, Emrakul, Ugin. Just someone gave it a spin again. You know, th this really looks like, to me... That someone like owned this deck on Magic Online. They didn't play for like a year. And I eh, got the Saturday off. The, the, the sideboard is even the same as it would be then. Yeah, Ratchet Bomb in the sideboard. Or Damping Sphere. They hate Lotus. They don't care that it's only like 3% of the meta. It's like, I'm not losing to that fucking deck. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it is also a pretty good card against Phoenix. It is very good against Jeskai Ascendancy, so it's not even a bad uh, card. I'm going to uh, stop you there. Good one for Portable Hole, by the way. I'm, I'm going to stop you there for a second, okay? Because I've had this discussion many times with other Jeskai Ascendancy players and people that are trying to beat that deck. I think Damping Sphere is ass against Jeskai Ascendancy. I have played enough games with it and talked to other Just Guy Sentency players where I have comboed off straight through it, not giving a flying fuck about the tax. Because hmm. you make so much mana. Good to know. I mean, that's when you're actually popping off, though. Yeah. Like, it's it's slowed down, I guess, and like you're maybe not as like likely to lose on turn four, but... But, I mean, if you're playing Monarch Green Ramp, that's your point. True. So, That's true. I mean, I'm not saying it's good, but it's fine, right? If you're yeah, already yeah. thinking, you're playing Monogreen Ramp, your Lotus matchup is basically unwinnable. Your Jeskai Ascendancy matchup's pretty bad. Your Phoenix matchup might not be great either. So, hey, it kind of works against all of these. So, I yeah. guess I, I'll just, do it. I guess I'm just more speaking to, like, if you have the option of playing a rule of law type effect and deafening silence, oh, yes. whatever, and you are in white, do not play Damping Sphere. Play that. Yeah, 100%. That's um, yeah, 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 got some more humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is this? Is this Esper control with Kahira as a companion? Um, yeah, that's about that challenge. Is there anything from the Saturday challenge that you wanted to touch on real quick before we, uh, um, just real quick going back to the rogues list? It is not the Luris Lord of the Ground rogues you might have seen in the past. Um, it is chunky rogues making use of your big ones like Brazen Borrower, Nighthawk Scavenger. Notion Thief, which also Notion Thief is in a really good spot in the meta right now with things like Phoenix, um, Lotus in a sense, which is actually growing a bit more in popularity again, as well as, of course, Jeskai Ascendancy. Um, it's running four Consider as well, two Dig Through Time, and it's also running two Soren. 
just again showing how good Soren is and just any deck that can play it. <laughs> Doubt. No, I think the card's alright. I've I've seen it now. It's definitely not the not the the trash bin mythic that I anticipated it was going to be. Um I mean, hey, it <laughs> I, I think the card's fucking sweet. I mean, I showed you the screenshot earlier of um the game I played in a stork today on this Rakdos discard list. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just like running like uh, Liliana main, Davriel and stuff. And I ran into the Nine Lives deck, like the the auras or enchantment deck. I mean, um, with Nine Lives Solemnity Lock, and I was like, oh, "This sucks." I was getting ready to scoop when I when they got it, and I was like, "Hmm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trying." And then playing things like Soren, Liliana, and Angrath, I'm realizing on those cards it says they lose life, which gets around Solemnity Nine Lives Lock because yeah, Nine Lives sweet. stops just damage. And I'm going like, oh, nice. And I won. It was great. Wait, isn't it also... Do you play Bone Crusher Giant in that deck? A uh, four of. Yeah, that damage can be prevented, so... Maybe important to note, if they have Leyline of Sanctity, you could stomp yourself, I believe. Yeah. So... You know, I don't mean in frustration stomp yourself sitting behind your computer, which is what some people might do when they play against that deck. Uh, <laughs> cast the spell stomp. Yes. Um, anyway, moving on to the Sunday challenge. Uh, moving on to the fifth place where we see a uh, sort of madnessy burn with insolent neonate even showing up in this deck. Again, Voldaire and Epicure. Uh, and then Fiery Temper therefore makes its way to the main deck, which I think is super cool. Um, we see the Rectal's mid-range list, which I am immediately tempted to buy the whole thing because it runs Liliana Death's Majesty. Oh, yes. Uh, I Yeah, I, I have the whole thing now. I just need two Shatter Skull things. That's it. Otherwise, I have the entire deck. Ready. Celestia Humans, which has like some taxi effects in it, which is cool. Angels with Archon of Amiria on the main. Which I think is a pretty cool call. Um, what is that? There's an Angel's Company list that's running Alpine Moon on the side. What? Yeah. I don't even make red mana. Uh, it's running four Needle Verge Pathways. It's for the mirror. <laughs> I Yeah, I suppose They so. were not going to lose the Angel's Mirror. <laughs> um, also, uh... I do love this take on Demir Control running four thing in the ice main. Yeah, we've seen that like back and forth. It it kind of like its success depends on how popular Fatal Push is. Because if Fatal Push is popular, the deck basically can't win the game. Mm-hmm. Because you just it, every win condition dies to a one mana spell, which is kind of a problem. But if you find it in a spot where that isn't the case with Fatal Push, maybe you can or you can like manage to default to like Manlands or something. It's it's a pretty cool call. But Alex, this deck is also running two Zorn, uh, three Narset. It's running your favorite, one Days Undoing, and Guy Reach Sanitarium. Okay, okay I, I'm going to make this case. For the people who haven't heard me rant about how fucking awful Days Undoing is before, I don't understand why you can run Days Undoing when Commit to Memory exists. And I could say this because I've been running Narset again recently, and I decided to put a Commit to Memory in my list. It's an answer to literally everything. So it's a nice universal, like, people can't 
randomly mess you up with a permanent type your deck can't deal with before um, type of cards, which is great. And then, you know, if I play in our set and I wheel my opponent and I draw seven cards and they get one, I don't really give a shit if I've paid three or six mana. So I don't understand why you're going to be like, yeah, but if I have Narset out, I could do it on turn four. It's like, why do you care? You're playing a control deck. You've still got five removal spells in your hand. You could wait, right? Like, there's, there's, no, <laughs> there's no reason. You're not in a hurry, right? If you got to go somewhere, don't play a control deck, right? You're there for the <laughs> long haul. So <laughs> you're Mr. Incredible it's... looking at your fucking watch. I got time for a quick uh, control <laughs> mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same thing with Billful Mastery. I tried it. I did it for like two games and I was like, this card's fucking awful. And I just, I just packed it away again and I put a soul shatter in my deck because it's better. Like, it just, yeah, but if you've got Narset out, it's like, I don't get putting a card in your deck that is shit unless there is a card in play that is already good. Like, when Narset is in play and she didn't immediately die, you're doing great. You, d- you don't need to then put this card out. Yeah, but it's it's great, but it can be better. It's like, you, you, don't, you don't need that. You don't need that. Don't run Days of Doing in your deck. Don't run Billful Mastery in your deck. Just play Narset. It's a good card. Maybe a commit to memory. You know what you should do? You yes. should play a deck that runs four Ashiok Dream Render and four Wish Call Talisman. I guess... I, there's a there's an Ashiok in the sideboard of this deck, and I was like, ah, yes, I, I messed ah, up. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, for that reason, hey, why isn't there one Wish Claw Talisman in the sideboard? You know, they're building on having this random card in play anyway to make this bad card good, so... I Bring me back again. to the times of playing Kethis and having one Wish Claw Talisman in it, and then you just go three fairy. I'm going to bounce that back to my hand. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> God, I want to play Kethis again! <laughs> Maybe one day we can run a Kethis Gauntlet. It's gonna lose to everything. <laughs> it's not good anymore. All right, but to quick, quickly wrap up the challenge uh, of the Sunday one. Really cool. Basically, a sort of deck that got a little popular and modern for a sec- for a hot second, uh, making its way over here. Except with none of the cards that make it good and modern, basically. And it is twentieth place is Mono Red Obosh with Chandra Drestakil being like a obviously a recent addition to it now if you look at the modern one it is a completely it's a night and day difference between the deck it doesn't have ragavan there's no blood moon there's no magus of the moon there's basically nothing that makes the deck good and modern but the same idea comes up here and it's displaying chandra dress to kill is a pretty reasonable card which i thought i thought she was like all right she there's a good case to make for her in obosh because you can actually, there's a good chance you get to spend that extra mana either when you want to add Obosh to your hand, when you're actually casting it. It's a 21 land deck, so, you know, getting stuck on four lands isn't too uncommon. So, I think Chandra is like a very good fit in here. Which is cool. The only, I, this is, again, I, I am a greedy person when it comes to magic. I wish her plus one was just any target. That would have been pretty great. It'd have been right. akin to like Liliana, the Last Hope. Yeah, I like Liliana, the Last Hope a lot. She wasn't thirty dollars. <laughs> Wish I hadn't sold her a month before they announced Pioneer. Um, 
Oh yeah, I I had the I went to uh, a GP in uh, Utrecht in the Netherlands, and I had a bunch Gesundheit. of modern cards. <laughs> <laughs> there are a bunch of modern cards I wasn't using anymore, so I went to a vendor and I sold my Liliana the Last Hopes, and I sold my two copies of Kalidas, and there are a couple of other cards that I sold. And a month later, introducing Pioneer, and I was like. Oh no! Oh no! I mean, Kuz has gone. How am I gonna financially? Bit. How can I financially recover from this? Yeah, but when when Pioneer first came out, Kuz was like, "I'm thirty five dollars again." <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at Kalidas and like, "I want this," and then I was like, "I want to, I wanted to build vampires," and like, isn't it wild that at the time when I was building vampires, Kalidas was more expensive than Soren? Damn! Yeah. Times have changed. The future is now, old man. <laughs> Soren's the better card, so I don't blame. Uh, I see some other stuff. There is nothing that particularly catches my eye. We see the, um, we see the Jeskai ascendancy list show up again near the end, but the silence has moved into the sideboard, which makes me sad, but is understandable. Uh, does have four Sylvan Awakening in the main. Uh, really trying to compensate for the fact that that is basically your only win condition now. I will say, kind of a, kind of a cool note in Paradise Druid versus Sylvan Caryatid is that Paradise Druid can actually attack. So mm-hmm. that can legitimately come up as a win condition. You know, while going through your deck, you're gonna find. Uh, I mean, this deck doesn't have much removal in the main, so it can side into it. Uh, but even if you have a little bit of extra removal in the main, maybe on top of the portable holes, because there's something bigger you want to get rid of, it is pretty feasible that once you just churn through your entire deck, your Paradise Druid is twenty twenty, your opponent is out of blockers, and out they go. Look at the Monastery Mentor on the side. That's spicy. Uh, and then we see Feather, and Feather, without Feather. And we top off with a humans, and that's it for the challenges. Worth, worth noting, wasn't the challenges that had this crazy show up? I believe it was the super qualifier um, on the 14th. If I remember correctly, the final numbers were around 263 players in the super qualifier in total. So, uh, yeah. And at the fastest zoom, if everything, anything super spectacular shows up that we haven't seen. Haven't at least somewhat seen in the other ones. And the one that won it, that went 8-0, was the kind of hybrid re-evaluation or evolution of... Um, pyromancer just no pyromancer just kind of going in on this blood token of epicure harvester um the one archivine's vessel some stitcher suppliers and then deadly speed instead of village rights um yeah but another tournament that has gone on i think this ran for a while this wasn't like a one weekend thing was the uh mana traders event mm-hmm. and I think we should give a little shout out. Yes. Friend of the show, Akaros, 
fucking 20-0'd this event with Phoenix. 20-0. That is ridiculous. If you want to learn how to play Phoenix to the best of your ability, go religiously watch Amit. He's insane. And um, he's also part of Tag Team, which yep. is, I think, Claudio's part of that too. Yep. And some other pioneer, great pioneer minds. That yeah, if you go, if you sub on their Patreon, you'll Scottish. get access. To... What's his name? Oh, he did our. Uh, he he was he did with across the um, what's it called, the uh, holiday thing we did on Twitter, with uh, Ruckman and all of them too. Oh, I I am terrible at names. I'll be sure to put his Twitter in the uh, in the bio. Yes, but description. You know that this is, I mean, he he had a uh, he had a couple of fun innovations in his list. He's down up to three cruises, one temporal trespass, so a little bit less of that. Two pieces of the puzzle, also only two, so a little bit back to back to the norm. Um, one Chandra awakened Inferno in the sideboard to deal with the uh, blue white control list. I believe he ran a copy of Kazal's Fury, which he has been running uh, in some iterations before. But overall, just. What what a fucking run! Like, I just cannot imagine twenty owing a tournament. Like, it's it, you have to play absolutely out of your mind to overcome all the variants involved. I mean, the variants in Phoenix too. It is a deck that can definitely have some variants, right? Mm-hmm. From game to game, it can be the best deck of all time in the next game, and then be like, "What the fuck am I playing in the next in the game after?" And somehow navigating yourself to 20 and 0 is unreal. And also, his stream is super chill. So, if you don't watch it for the content, just watch it because his stream is super chill. And I know he couldn't stream for a while. He didn't stream this event because he wanted to focus on his performance, which, you know, is <laughs> that definitely paid off. Um, and also see what just his actual overall... He also had a 82% win rate. So that means, if I do the math correctly, I think out of these 20 matches, I think he 2-0'd like 8 or 9 of them? Mm. If you go off that win percentage. Which is mad. What a run. Great player. What a run. What a guy. Uh, Go check out his stuff, his stream, tag team, 100%. They are fantastic. If I ever have the pleasure of uh, running into him in a, in a paper tournament, uh, if he actually is able to come over to the States to do some of these SCG stuff, because I want to be able to go to some of these events too. Like, I'm trying to go to Indy. We'll see. But um, if he sits across from me and he pulls out Phoenix, I, I might just be inclined to be like, extend the handshake. You got it. <laughs> No, I would want to see how I get yeah. destroyed. Yeah, of course. Right? Like I've I've had I've played plenty of games against Phoenix players. I just want to sit back and be like, just just show me why every Phoenix player I've played against so far is bad. Mm-hmm. He's great. Like, he also had the coolest lethal on his Twitter. Did you see that one? Is that the one where he was like basically asking people like what what the play was? Yeah, he's like, I figured it out, but can you? That was super cool. He, he has a... who want to see his amazing lethal play. Go check out his Twitter. Yeah, actually, I'm not even going to spoil it. Just look at that. It's super cool. It, uh, 
I, I did find it pretty quickly, but it was a really cool lethal, which I will say I found it pretty quickly, but that is, I think, in part because someone like pointed out to me, like, hey, there's lethal here. Go find it. Yeah. It's like the, the chess puzzles where it's like white wins in three moves. Find it. Yeah. And you're like, well, now that you've said it, <laughs> I guess I'll go find <laughs> it. Where's Waldo yeah. at? <laughs> All right, so that was the quick analysis of the meta. Pioneer's great. More there exposure. is everything. Yeah. This, our uh, job becomes so much harder now. When we just started, right? Well, right, actually kind of right before we started with Inverter and stuff, right? Mm. I was just like, what was the meta? These three decks, if you play anything else, you're stupid. Yeah. And now it's like, man, I don't know. People ask me now, what should I play? And it's like, dude. What do you own? <laughs> it's probably playable. There was. Where is it? Where is it? There was a Dredge with Dredge list mm. in a league, I believe, um, that I remember seeing. And I was really, really fucking happy to see it. Um, because they ran some cards that were kind of interesting. They were running, um, obviously, um, over, what's the one mana? Look at the top three, put them in the yard if you want. Otherworld with Gaze. They're running that. Um, They're running something else that I was like, ooh, this is, this is sick. I think it was the 17th league. 17th, let me double check. I cannot find it. Cannot find it. I'll find it later. I'll put it in the fucking description. I just remember it was pretty fucking sick. No, there was a uh, an Abzan list of um, what's your pod? Hunt a witness, uh, rally the ancestors, return of the ranks, kind of thing. That was cool. Which I mean. All these decks have the same issue of like when Phoenix is the top deck, people kind of come prepared for graveyard stuff. Yeah. But man, look, man, if you want to play it, please just go play it. Like, yeah, I tried to play my um, my Ever After Brew and then I got go blank. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah. Ah, yes. <laughs> just, just dunked back into reality. Oh yes, this deck. Uh, this deck doesn't do very well into a playset of Goblank. Even one last look, to see if I can. I'm pretty sure it was in this league. With that. Uh... Yeah, found it. Okay, so uh, Otherworldly Gaze, Witherboom Command. Oh yeah, and it was also running Breaking and Entering. Ah, that one's cool. So I goes very, very. Pleased. It is these these slightly worse. Um, what is it? Two mana mil ten. Yeah, good at these cards. The Demir card. This is really bad. Glimpse the unthinkable. There's a cyborg card. Drown in filth. Black and green. Sorcery. Choose target creature. Put the top four cards of your library into the graveyard. Then that creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn for each land card in your graveyard. What on hmm. earth? 
This is just removal that keeps your game plan going. This is like Witherbloom command, but then weird. Yeah, sweet. Oh, and Radiant Fountain in the mana base? Have you also seen that someone uh, came uh, reinvented uh, Oops? I Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> the five mana card is how you yeah. win the game now. It's too slow. I got solved equation. Oh, wait, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you, Chief. Oops, all spells would be fine in this format right now. I mean, just give my Airbosis intervention more value. I'll take it. Oh, uh, there's two World Spine triggers. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, and I don't even think Oops, all spells is, is a is an unfun deck to play against if i'm being honest imagine casting shadows verdict and someone literally loses their entire game plan <laughs> that's pretty funny i'm a fan uh i mean i don't know we always talk about this conversation but like oops would probably be all right but i, know, I felt like at the time it was good it was probably the right decision yeah and I mean, so, I'm not particularly unhappy with Pioneer right now. No, I'm so not either. I'm not. I wouldn't be unbanning anything at this point, no, or banning anything not. for that matter. Like, I think Spirits, uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix is still my bet for the best deck, but mm. there's so much other stuff you can be doing that I don't see a reason to change anything. I still think at, Phoenix at is the top deck in the format in the sense of... Um, not just not necessarily the best deck hands down like how it plays but i think it's the reason it's the top deck in percentage is because it's just a deck that people love and the fact that you can that that feeling of casting three spells getting your birds back is really nice and let's be real like the of course phoenix has a bunch of lines of plays and it's intricate but it's pretty straightforward even to a unexperienced player with it loot Cast your free spells or cast your three spells and get your birds back. That's how you get better with it is what makes the difference in how it can be good. I mean, I think it's also a very big part again about why Phoenix is still good is because you see now a lot of people are experimenting, they're making weird decks and strange mm -hmm. deck inclusions, and their sideboards are like a year old. Um, but they're performing because everyone else's sideboard is a year old. People like Akros have been playing Phoenix all this time. So you decided, like, hey, I'll play this this weekend. And then you go against a guy who literally spent, like, a year playing mostly this deck. Basically every weekend. Like, yeah, of course you're going to get your ass beat, right? Yeah. So once we figure, put more time into decks, like, yeah, it's still, like, Phoenix now and Winoda to some extent. But they're the most tested decks too. So of course they're going to be the best ones because they are going to be the best version of that deck as opposed to your green white angels deck that just has like some random fucking filler in it because righteous valkyrie is probably a good card. But you know, there's no data to back anything you do up as opposed to these decks that have basically like entire flow charts dedicated to what your deck should look like this week. Long story short, play more Pioneer. Formats yes. wide open. Go play our league. Yeah, innovate. We recently had a new league start, 
So it'll take uh, about a month before the next league starts. But in the meantime, you can always hop in and ask for games anyway, or looking for group channels still always open. And next time when the league starts up, I think I think the league has gotten bigger every single time. Yeah. The only time it got smaller was for a three-week holiday league, but that is because we knew ahead of time that people weren't going to be there over the holidays. Therefore, we were like, hey, should we do like a short holiday league? It's like, yeah, sure. It's still like 70% of people signed up that did for the league before. And now we're at like a 35-people league or whatever. So yeah. I still haven't played against you. Know, every week, weird. every week it gets popped up and it's like, I want to play against Brad. And it's all... Oh, it's another person who has a nine-hour time difference. <laughs> but thanks to Alex, we already got the reminders of the door taken care of. So, reminders out of the door. We are the Pioneer Perspective podcast. Um, if you want to find us, you will find us on Twitter. We have the Pioneer Perspective as a Twitter account. We have mine, that is Disciple of Bolas, where you will find random magic malarkey if you want to find like the everything bagel of twitter you can go to brad's twitter account which is at bradsifer we have an ink gaming affiliate link which you will find in the doobly-doo underneath where you can either go through our affiliate link um to actually if you make any purchases there a small proceed will go to us or you can find our artist page where you can find our play mats and uh then there's a dice bag on there too um anyway with that being said Thank you so much, everyone, for watching, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. This week or next week, I had this idea, like, what if I prep it, like, really well? And as Brad goes to do the outro, I I just like take over. I just do I just nail it. By nail it, I mean just take an outro Brad's done in the past and just word for word. Just copy. You know, what is it? Uh like the, the sincerest form of flattery. Also known as he's already been doing it for a year and a half and I'm awkward. Alex, if you keep all of this in, I'm flying over to Canada just just to beat your ass, by the way. <laughs>